And that's your lesson for today. Thank you. <laughs> Mr. Wizard. Remember, he was an asshole, wasn't he? Mr. Wizard? He was awesome. Maybe he like dunked the one kid in the water. He's like, this kid Mr. was asking for it. <laughs> the water's so cold. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get over it, Billy. <laughs> You'll be fine. We have warm towels. <laughs> Here, eat this. What Come is it, Mr. Wizard? Come into the basement. Just eat it. <laughs> Potassium. It'll kill you. Welcome to the NEPA Scene Podcast. This is episode 35. We're coming to you from the Stude at 258 Studios in Scranton. I'm Rich Howells. I'm the founder and editor of NEPA Scene. I'm Mark. I did not found or edit NEPA Scene. And we have... Okay, so Lauren isn't here because Lauren decided to go down to New Jersey and feed seagulls. So in his pl- in her place, faux pas, um, we have Mr. Tom Bonomo, first-time listener, first-time whatever. First-time listener. Yeah, okay. So now you're on. So you're taking the place of Lauren. Big shoes to fill. Oh, God. Well, tiny, yeah. well, tiny shoes. Yes, but big personality. Yes, but we need the, the female perspective. So do you think you can deliver that, Tom? <laughs> oh. Snap. Even Howells is, is tossing the thunder at you. How about that? Okay, so we're going to hear this sound a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and we are here with Dennis of uh, Story and Stigmata. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Have uh, we weirded you out so far? Or are you no, okay? No, no, I'm, I'm good. All Just right. wait. <laughs> <laughs> I challenge you guys to weird me out. Tom's only going to talk in real low breaths. If uh, if you've you've checked out their music, you know he's got weird down pretty good, but in a very good way. Oh, oh thank you. It's unique. Yes, uh, I guess it's a fine line between the two. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, well, all right. Well, we'll get we'll get into you. <laughs> we yeah, don't absolutely. have to. We have to we have to devote some time to NEPAC.com. We and then most we, certainly and then do. We, and then we devote lots of pressure to you. Oh boy. <laughs> Uh, so we got some cool coverage of uh, Music Fest at uh, the Steel Stacks in Bethlehem. Uh, mm. We have uh, two concert reviews. We have uh, Duran Duran yes! and the Flaming Lips. Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> both are pretty awesome in their own way, though. And uh, we have some really, really cool photos uh, from both of those events as well. Who took your photos? Uh, Re- Jason Reed Miller, of course. Does he get press passes for those? He does. That's why he does it. <laughs> <laughs> Did Modest Mouse play that festival? Yeah. Jason Ooh. took those too. No, Modest Mouse was like two week, like a month ago, weren't they? Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, uh, yeah, they were a few weeks ago. We oh, also okay. have photos from that as well. Cool. Yeah, I like them. My favorite band of all time, Modest Mouse, number one. All right, we'll get into that too. <laughs> all we'll day. get into why it's not you too. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, Duran Duran are still rocking, which is really cool, and they have a new album coming out as well. So. I have a quick, interesting story about that. Sure. So when I went to film school. There was this. There was this guy named Steve Bachnick. And he was literally like the oldest guy in the class, uh, but he was a he was a drummer for like twenty years, man. He like he was like he lived in Jacksonville, and Jacksonville's a really big music scene. It's also the largest city for square footage, square mileage in the country. I don't know if you knew that Jacksonville. No, I did it's not. It's the know largest that. city land wise in the country. Hmm. Um, but we'd always talk about music, and he'd say, he's like, man, he, like, he loved the Beatles, he loved the Who, like he was one of those guys where he's just like, you know, really into good music. And he goes, I never experienced, this is him saying it, I'm not saying it. He said, I never experienced Beatlemania, he goes, but I did go to a Duran Duran show in the 80s, <laughs> and I can only assume that's the closest thing to Beatlemania. He's wow. Because like, it, it was insane. Hmm. So, Duran Duran. 
Ordinary World is still one of my favorite songs. Amazing song. Oh, Great so band, good. too. I love that yeah. song. Fantastic. So that's my Duran yeah. Duran story. And, and apparently it's all the original lineup that's playing currently. Yeah, yeah a band that still wild. gets along. Right. <laughs> what crazy. a concept. So who's the lead singer? Simon LeBon? Yeah. Is that him? Yeah. You know your stuff. This guy's good. I do. Right? <laughs> I know tons of shit about nothing that'll make me money. I don't know. <laughs> don't we all? Don't we all? The chemical composition of H2O is... Can I have a nickel? <laughs> Sorry. I'm just talking about... At least that's real science. I know a lot of comic book science, if you'd like to that's hear that. That's not real, Rich. I know. <laughs> you can't go to other dimensions. <laughs> not yet. We will not talk about Fantastic Four. Oh, please don't. I didn't see it, so I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, let's not. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, Breaking Benjamin and Shinedown have announced a co-headlining U.S. tour, and uh, they'll be stopping at uh, State College in November 20th with uh, Seven Dust. Uh, they're also playing with Seven Dust uh, just by themselves at uh, Montage Mountain next uh, next month. But uh, September 18th, I believe. 18th? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I think you and I are doing panels on the 19th. Right. Did we you, are. Did you find out I'm the moderator for that? Yeah. I'm uh <laughs> I, I I lost my ass though. I'm I'm credited as Rich, Rich Howell. Howell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that Gilligan's Island? Was it Thurston Howell? No, yeah, they were, they were an S, weren't they? <laughs> no, Thurston Howells? It, they were they were the Howells, but they 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 were a, 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 without the S. So are you on your birth certificate's an S? Yes. All right. So the Howells are still more are still think they're better than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're pretty doing, much so i'm moderate what's the panel i'm moderating for you what's that called uh state of the scene and that's you mm -hmm. and who uh, else is in it let's see uh glory torch productions yep uh is on that and joe i think joe caviston is is part of that as okay. well okay and mm -hmm. then i'm on the next one i'm on the next one. Oh, you're on the next one yeah it's okay like, it's like it's like uh oh shit caviston's gonna kill me i forget the name of it it's about spending money. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which I'm like, none of you do. <laughs> I'm so bitter. Okay, keep going. Uh, that, that'll be a fun panel, though, actually. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to see if we can record it and put it up on the yeah. internet. We should. We should, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I hope I can curse. Think I can curse on that? Uh, I would think so. All right. I mean, you're going to be surrounded by musicians for the most part. Oh, those Or people lives. who are into music. <laughs> <I know. laughs> I'm going to get stuck with the Christian those rock fucking ones. guys. <laughs> Could you curse on this one? Is that Fuck bad? Yeah, yeah, man. Okay. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Bonomo won't. He'll just keep going. Ugh. <laughs> keep going. Let's see. Uh here here's a here's an interesting one. Uh as soon as it loads here. Uh the Gala of the Royal Horses is coming back to Mohegan Sun Arena in Wilkes Bear on September twelfth. Yeah, apparently it was here before. I completely forgot that it was because there's you know, is it Arabian horse? What is it? It's it's like horseback riding and horses doing tricks and stuff like that. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. Tom, can we go? Can we have like a mandate? Okay. Man <laughs> mandate. You're the, most, you're the most difficult person to, you know, convince to love me. Wow. Well, it's next. It's uh, September 12th. All right, cool. So uh, mark that in your calendar, boys. Marked. Mark it in your calendar. Marked. Mm. Yeah. Mead. Um, <laughs> Me it in your calendar. <laughs> That was a dad joke. I'm sorry. I, I, don't know what to do. I don't know what to do here with just all these men and no Lauren. Oh, it's four men. <laughs> Gross. What else? Uh, Raymond the Amish comic is coming to Scranton on August 15th. Really? Yep. <laughs> What's he talk about? Amish stuff, Amish I guess. Stuff. <laughs> Rums, Rums 
Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's actually quite quite dirty, and he curses a Is lot. Is he really? Too. Yeah. He must be on an extended rum springer. <laughs> right. He hasn't gone back yet. He's he's legitimately uh, uh, Amish. Though. Where's he at? Where's uh, he playing? He's going to be at uh, the. Uh, the room above uh, Tequila in downtown Scranton. Oh, um, uh, Laugh Out Lepka's. Yeah. Okay. When's that? The September. Uh, it's August fifteenth. So That's coming like next up. Week. Next week. Yeah. All right. We got. I'd love to go see that. He's he's pretty he's pretty out there. Funny <laughs> stuff though. So he's still Amish. He's still Amish. He yes. wasn't excommunicated or whatever. Like breaking Amish. As far as I know. I do. Lo- I love that show. I don't care how gross it is. I love that show. I've, it's sad. It's depraved. It's so good. <laughs> it's really depraved. <laughs> and the scary part is it's real. Did you ever see that documentary on Netflix called The Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia? I have not. Watch that. Wait, we That'll did. That'll make you no, go to church. No, we did see a little bit of that. We watched it in the, in the, in the room. I showed it to you. Oh, It's man. about this family named the Whites in West Virginia, and they're all criminals and insane. Hmm. And it was produced by the guys who made Jackass. I've heard. So that's it. how you know it. I've never seen it, though. So it's, br- it's brilliant. Yeah, I've heard. Like the first, the first 10 minutes of it, you're like, all right, what? Like you're acclimating yourself to like what this is. Mm-hmm. And you still like after, and then ninety minutes later, you're still not acclimated. So you're like, "What <laughs> the fuck is this?" Like they're they're doing like coke in front of like their grandkids yeah. and shit. Like it's insane, and it's all it real. sounds like a yeah. like a John Waters movie, but like real life. It's not even funny. Like it's it's one of those things. It's like watching uh, it's like watching like Live Leak or something like that. Where you're like, <laughs> "This is awful," and I can't turn away. It's like a tire fire. It's worse, man. It's a tire insane. fire. Yeah, I want to see it though. I have to watch it. It's totally like, and then is it on Netflix now? I think so. Yeah, it was. It's definitely worth like the two ninety nine on iTunes or whatever, just because it's it's just. If you want to write some music, man, write about them. (laughs) No one will ever believe it. (laughs) West Virginia is a crazy place. It is. Only imagine. It's the fifty first (laughs) state. All right, what else? You ever see the sign going into Virginia, West Virginia? Mm -mm. Says we're open for business, West Virginia. Is that what it says? Uh What does that even mean? They don't know. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> eat at Joe's. Eat at Joe's. Eat at, like that's what it. Thanks. And that was the Weird. only thing I. Remember I didn't know about, you were closed. That was West the Virginia. only thing I remember about going to West Virginia. Do you always drive by Scott Run and think it says Scrotum? Mm-hmm. Every. Just thought I'd. Yeah. Every single Absolutely. time. And I, and I giggle. A little. I giggle yeah. myself. Yeah. Every time like, you catch yourself, you're like, I'm like nine oh, years old. Every time, like he he. You did Scrotum. Like, yeah. Even if you don't even do it out loud, you catch yeah. yourself. You're like, oh, I did Scrotum. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when I have to get off that exit. Can you imagine like living there? You, you get off on scrotum. Oh, there we go. That joke wrote itself, Tom. There you go. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, after the Amish comic, anything else? <laughs> oh, uh, th- this will this will actually get us into uh, the topic at hand. Um, uh, our our uh, buddy Mark Yurichek wrote a really good story on uh, uh, talking bands, business, venues, and life on the road with the merch guy. Which Ooh. he's just a just a, a merch guy who's who's been on the road, seen there, seen it, been there, done that. And uh, and the interview is a lot of fun. It's cool. It's a, it's it's a personal friend of his, so it's a little more of a different format than we usually do. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's in Q and A style format, but uh, he it's it's uh, it's very interesting to get like the business end of music and hmm. uh, you know see see what it's what it's like from the other side of the table, so to speak, and uh, you know ha- dealing with the bands, dealing with the venues. Uh, you know, the ups and downs of it, you know, life on the road when you're not, uh, you know, the guy on stage and that kind of thing. It's, it's interesting. That's an, that's a r- amazing perspective. Yeah. It's something different. You, you kind of get, you're in, you're as involved as you want to be. Right. And you still get to see all the bullshit. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey man, and the, your, your excuse always comes to like, hey man, I'm just on the t-shirts. Dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just, just the merch guy. I'm just the merch guy. <laughs> yep. You know, I was uh, I went to the I went to the Grace's downfall uh, when they opened up for Cedar. at the Sherman, right? Yeah. At the, what was it last 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 Friday? Friday? Yeah. Week and a half ago, and the, uh, it was amazing that they have like these own dedicated merch people. Mm-hmm. Grace's didn't, but you know they all kind of they sold so many discs. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe how many discs they sold. A lot of discs. Fuck off, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like. <laughs> Eat a bag of shit. People still buy the the CDs. Yeah, they still want them. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, there's there's you a lot not of people. Believe. Yeah. Then let's shine the light. No, 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 don't don't <laughs> don't shine the light. I'm just saying, like, I can't believe like that. How many people like still message us and like, do you have physical copies? I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, it's on YouTube. I'm like, you can go listen to it for <laughs> on Spotify. I'm like, you can go listen to it for free. But I love the fact that people want physical CDs. Like, I'm just like, wow, there's like hope. But I think that's really cool. But like, I cannot believe the fact, like, because CDs are like outdated. Like, you look, this haven't come up with anything new because we've gone digital. But if you right. look at a CD, like, what the fuck is that thing? It's like <laughs> five inches big. Like, who wants this? But especially European people fucking love like physical discs. Like. But in America too, it's like crazy. I just, I don't. It blows my mind. It just, you could fit your whole music library in like a little disc. People still want a CD. Wow. I, yeah, what is, it's weird. I, I like CDs though too. If I love a band enough, I'll go buy the physical CD. And I think that's. All right, we could talk about no, it. No, no, There's no, only no, three I'm cool bands with you doing it. Yeah, there's only three bands like I've ever really done it with, but like I like holding it and like seeing the artwork. Yeah. But like I'm, I'm older, you know. Like I did that when I was a kid. But kids now, I'm like. You've never really needed to do that. I'm like, I don't really get it, but right. But it, I like it. it. I, I I prefer to have it too because you know I feel weird about buying things digitally because I feel like I, I'm buying nothing. Yeah, like it doesn't really exist yeah. in the real world. Well, actually, you're licensing it. Yeah, hmm. exactly. Which so, it, which yeah, even weirder. You know what I mean? When you like, think about it. It's weirder. Yeah. Yeah. So I I, I like to actually have it so that mm-hmm. you know I have that hard copy at all times. I don't. I can't think of a time where I'm like oh man like I've I've been so lazy that I've like downloaded a CD that I have on a CD sitting right over there that I could have just thrown on my computer and copied (laughs) yeah (laughs) but you know what while I'm sitting here it'll only take me 10 minutes now I mean in the old days it would take you days and days to download one freaking CD so it was was more you you had to have the physical CDs now it's like forget it you know you can download it in a couple minutes yeah not even that that's an art form man remember the tool for undertow yeah Remember the you you peeled off the 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 jewel case insert right and there oh, was like the, the cow stuff inside yeah or the stuff underneath there yeah, <laughs> yeah like mm-hmm. even even like back the, what was that ninety two tools album came out or ninety four no that was later than that it was ninety four wasn't it yeah undertow came out ninety four it was so good but they I mean they had Easter eggs on their album right even your physical CD mm-hmm. which was bizarre because it was the black case that held the CD yeah, and if you look through the middle you're like something's back there. What is back there? There's a CD with the ribs on the cover, I think, right? Yeah, the red yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. But then when you, you, I think you those peel are, those off are best the thing and there's like down. a cow licking its ass for like no reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're just like, oh, thanks, Maynard. <laughs> then you go to like the 99th song and then it's all that creepy. No, it was amb- track 69. Thank you, track 69. Wow. Yeah. All that, that it creepy track, ambient it was, noise. Uh, like let the, the rabbits wear glasses. <laughs> <laughs> No, it, it, it was like the it's like the life. creepy German thing, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the marching. What it was. But then when you looked up a line, it was like some German recipe for like no, that was the like next cookies. album. That was uh, that was the next album. That was on uh, Anima. Yeah. yeah, that was it. Was the, it was the German recipe for chocolate like, chip like cookies? Di- like Die Eater von Satan. Die Eater von Satan. That 
<laughs> I don't know why I know that. <laughs> but it's it, that's it's it's cookies. But it, track sixty nine yeah. on Undertow was let the rabbits wear glasses. Uh-huh. Even up until their their last CD, they they uh, still had um, a physical package that you had to open up, and you could look through the, like the the, yeah, the weird Alice, eyes like and stuff on and there. Shit? Yeah, it had the, the the double things where you looked at the actual. CD yeah, like ten thousand days the, had the it was uh, like stereoscopic, right? Like weird. Yeah, it was like. The, See the artists that do that. What your albums look I like? No, I did. I agree. we hand we hand make our records. We like hand make them and number them and everything. Yeah. No shit, really. Yeah, yeah. and we limited edition them all of them. Yeah, I hand I hand write letters for people who want to buy physical copies because there really isn't that many people like for us because we're not that big of a band. But I will hand make. We'll do limited edition runs and I'll I'll print the covers. I'll write on the CD and everything. We've been doing it for like three years now. Yeah. Taco flavored kisses. Yeah. Thanks. For and we sell we sell box sets like, and I'll put me? and I'll take my notebooks too that like I wrote the lyrics in outtakes and I'll just tear pages out and ship them to people. People really? like it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So that's the way to like. I was like, I'm not just gonna send someone like a fucking CD. Like, like they could buy this shit on iTunes. I'm not gonna send them a plastic case. I'm like, there's got to be more to the story. Like, I can't. Because I always admired bands like what you're saying about Tool that did that where it was like an experience. There was more. Because you guys are talking. This that record where you said '94. It's like yeah. over 20 years. You're still talking about. It. Like, that's cool. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great. And I just I wanted to be a part of that myself in any way I could. Well, that Start was interviewing. That, <laughs> that was one of the things that that first uh, struck me when I met Dennis a few years back. Um, he had he had given me a a, a physical copy of the CD, uh, you know, to look at and review or whatever I wanted to do. And he, uh, it was you know handmade, and that you know it, we we started getting into you know the the uh, you know how the that, that he physically makes everything there, even down to their T-shirts, their merchandise, we all that kind do, of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, which we is have, it, which is great. Yeah, now we have separate stores. Like our label has a store, and then we have a like a merch now store, and then we have a, a specifically handmade store where we do we actually screen print the shirts. We make everything ourselves, and like we have little videos where you can. And so if someone wants something that's made specifically by the band, they can go to our separate store and get something that we made specifically. That's awesome. I always wanted to keep that an option. How did you get? Where did you come from? <laughs> Wilkes Bear. <laughs> All right, so, which is yeah. so you made it. <laughs> well, kinda, kinda. So, how how did you get into what you're doing? Because you seem like you have like this little mini empire. So, I wanna I wanna know, I you know, and I don't want to talk at a turn. No, where I, where does I, it begin? Yeah, where does where does the road start? start and and how do we get to where we're at now? Oh man, it started like when I was in college. So when I was like, I didn't start playing guitar. Till I was 19 years old, which is like kind of, kind of late in life, but I just knew even though you're only 20, this is where modest mouse comes in. I have 22, <laughs> 29. This is where modest mouse comes in. And I, I always, always plays drums since I was a teenager, but I'd listen to, I remember modest mouse being the first band. I was like, I want to write music. I was like, this doesn't just, I don't just like this. This inspires me to create something. Sure. So I started writing music by myself, recording songs, taught myself how to record. Then fast forward, this that was 2005. So fast forward to 2008, I got a couple friends together, musicians. We started rehearsing. We started playing live in 2009. Lost a couple friends, lost a couple musicians. Got more people. And we just kept going and going all the way up till like 2012, and then we kind of evolved into like a total different band it kind of just changed like my my style of songwriting changed a lot. We got a little more electronic, which we actually veered away from recently. But and then we just kept playing. We were touring. Traveling around the country, spending, losing all our money, playing for nobody. Did it for years, a long time. 
and handmade all this stuff. Like no, no, it's obviously. it's funny. It's, it's fine. The common, it's the so common denominator. Just still, we're still paying our dues, but we paid them for so long, and then we finally started writing music, and I started dressing differently, which is actually interesting. We get into that, and people start responding to it like slowly. I noticed, so we started doing YouTube videos, everything we could to just get ourselves out there on the internet, but not just locally, like internationally just to whoever right. we could get it to so we played a lot locally but that wasn't like our main focus it was always like yeah we love the area but we want to go as far as we could and we did it all ourselves we made everything and then we moved to LA in 2013 and we got an agent a manager and a label played a lot of good shows and now we're we're so pending wait, a tour in September so what what was the transition what was the thing that happened in 2012 where you're like you changed up your songwriting style, and you- we went on a tour in uh, September of 2011. It's actually when that flood happened in Wilkes-Barre, oh, and we were gone. And we, uh, really, oh, no, we did. Yeah, you and I went and filmed that. Yeah. We, that, we, that was we, awesome. yeah, we were. Uh, it was funny because we were actually like, because I lived in South Wilkes-Barre at the time, and we were actually like evacuated, and we had to leave to go on tour. We drove straight <laughs> to like South Carolina. I was like, really, we're getting fucking kicked out, but we have to leave. So we went on this tour, and we were gone for a few days. We went all the way down to New Orleans. We're into Texas, and a van broke down. And, like we were just so bummed out. Like we we're playing for nobody. You know, we lost all our money really quick. We we're selling very little merch, and just got like. So we came back from that bad situation after like two weeks, and I was just like. I just wanted. I knew I didn't want to quit playing music because I can't. It's like something right. I really love, and I was just like, I'm going to do this anyway, whether it's a career or not. Like if yeah. I have to work a nine to five, I'm going to come home and do this. Right. So I was like, fuck it, I'll just keep trying and keep trying something else. And I was like, I'm just going to go all out and do it the way like I wanted to. I've always been like. So I could say 2011, I'd be thinking like, oh, I'd love if we like dressed cool and made videos like this and like, you know, we got to go on tour and do that and this. And I just stopped like pretending like that will happen one day and just said, fuck it. I'm just going to start doing it now, like the best I can and made our, all our videos. We edited them. They're amateur as shit, but we kind of really played into that, like a yeah. Blair Witch style thing. So we really just went with the look of it. And we just promoted it and people started to respond. We just kept putting out content for so long. Now, how was that? Was that content like music and yeah, we do. And- we did several music videos and lyric videos, but I would do weekly web series. There was a time I was doing three videos a week, so people would ask questions, and I would do other shit that had nothing to do with the music. It was just personality, you know. People would be like these are the people who are making that music because I always thought that was interesting. Because being that I love music so much, but I was always so interested in the artists themselves. I'd be like, "This is a great fucking song. I wonder if that dude's cool." Like I always <laughs> wanted, you know what I mean? I look it's up like Roger Daltrey and the Fish Farm. <laughs> exactly. I'm surprised I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> but I would look up, just look up like whatever I could, just find out. Every, I'd be like, where's this band from? Like, what, where'd they come from? Why'd they make this? So like, I was, I would just do that with people, you know, talk about our hometown. I did a tour of Wilkes-Barre, like a 10 minute video. Like, this is the bench I wrote a couple song on. You know, just shit like crazy. But, you know, you kind of make it humorous and try to make it somewhat entertaining. So, right. And that's how we kind of attracted a fan base. And then I would do tons of photography where we did, we would just dress up real weird, you know, do different kind of like experimental stuff. A lot of stuff didn't work. But, you know, there's network, social networks like Tumblr. I don't know. I would just put have crazy pictures on Tumblr. Tumblr loves weird shit. So no like, kidding. So what I would do is I would take <laughs> a strange picture. Like I go and we set up a, for example, we set up a tea party in a cemetery and like throw blood everywhere. It looked nuts. And people would be like, wow, what is this? And when you click on the picture, our music started playing. You know what I mean? Oh so my, that's so how, smart. And then we did it everywhere, everywhere we could across the board for so long. And eventually 
it's just it was kind of it's really like punk rock the way we did it because we're very influenced by just diy bands and so we kind of just like i'm like how do you make the internet punk rock like it's not a flyer at the mall anymore because no one looks at that shit right so it's like how do we do this and i just started doing a ton of different things that would be one of them so how okay so how long did that take what it well in 2013 because I'm, I'm trying any, to understand any, like how much effort had to go into that like 40 hours like like oh it's man like you gotta spend it's fucking crazy yeah. it's like no yeah it was a lot it was a really real lot like um it was more than a full-time job within itself so a few hours a day every day i, I used to wake up because i was working full-time at the time and i would wake up two hours before work and just go on all our social networks answer questions update schedule all the posts holy shit everything and then I, at, on my lunch break I would do it and then as soon as I came home from work I'd spend hours like even my girlfriend would just be like she'd see me she'd be like you are fucking on that thing like oh like that's what you do like you are <laughs> where's the me time yeah. but she helps me well she helps me with everything she loves it but it's just like so we did that for a really long time and in 2013 a fan of ours had submitted us for a thing for, through YouTube, like for people who are bands who are you unsigned bands who are using YouTube to to gain a fan base, and they had called me and they flew us out to like because they were like, "This is what how we YouTube want. called you." Yes, YouTube. It's pretty cool. I'm still friends with them. Were they like? I worked there for a little while too. YouTube? Yeah, I'm actual friends with you. Well, <laughs> well, the girl who's the music director at YouTube called me. So the girl oversees all the music. Did you know this call was coming? No. Out of the blue. No, it was. It was yeah, it was awesome. Really? Yeah, because well, yeah, it was. It was really cool. But anyway. And then they call us and they're like, yeah, we're going to we're gonna bring you out here. We're going to make a video, this and that. So we were there for a week and they filmed the video for us and they did like interviews and stuff, but they just wanted to promote us to show other bands that like, look, you can use YouTube to like get a fan base. So they're sure. promoting themselves. That's yeah, what, synergy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. They were like, look, other people could do this because it works for them. They, we weren't the only band. There's three other bands they did it with. And Yeah, but that was, only, that was, there was four bands in the country. Yeah. You were one. Yeah. That's pretty and we were the only one that wasn't from California, which was weird. Really? Yeah. All the other three are from California. All right. Yeah. For so whatever you- sense that makes. But yeah, and they, and they picked us and we made a video. And it was fun. And then we went back there a whole bunch, like when I moved out and everything. But yeah, it was cool. So what happened from there? So from there, that was October. Sorry, of 20- Rich, I'm just sorry. That was October of 2013. That was late October. We put the video out. Then we moved to LA uh, in December of 2013, and then we st- we started playing in March. So it was like that two months of like, holy fuck, this isn't Wilkes Barre. We live in LA now. Like, what the <laughs> fuck's going on? And then we started rehearsing and found that LA is crazy to be crazy place to be a band. Yes. But we got very lucky right from the beginning that there was a club. Right on Hollywood Boulevard, and the, the strip that they they played a lot of because we we are like a gothic rock band. We're pretty much a rock band. We, by definition, we I think we'd be a gothic rock band. And they booked us, and they were like the the woman who owned it liked us, so she emailed us. She reached out, and I was like, "Fuck yes!" So once we played there, the other clubs are just like, "Oh, you played there, you can play here." And then the next one, it just keeps going. You know, you play like the Viper Room, Bloated. You just start, you keep going down the Sunset I've Strip, all those. and then you come back this way. You know what I mean? And then you just keep going and going, and and every time there's more people, and it was it was fun. So we lucked out in that way, and then we had a manager who was very cool, but we didn't see eye to eye and everything. And so then we lost her. We got a, a record label reached out to his standby records just right out of the blue. I had sent them demos for years, and I guess they weren't ready at that time. But then it, here it comes out of nowhere one day. We're band practicing. and I get an email on my phone. I was like, what? And then, yeah, that's crazy how it just happens that simple. I was like, really? It's like, you think balloons are going to fall out of the sky? But no, no, it's not like that. You're just sitting on your couch like, like this right now. It's like, oh, 
And so then uh, we got a new manager, booking <laughs> agents. You know, it all just kind of happens. Like you need, you know, chicken or the egg thing. You need one, then the other. But once you get one, you're good. Once there's like one person who believes in you, everyone else is like, fuck, I guess I will too. Like it, it's kind of how it goes. You see people on the side of the street, like, why is there, what's everyone over there looking at? And you go everywhere and more people go over to see it, more people. It's just like basic you know, is, psychology. Isn't it, isn't it amazing though that the one person that likes you catalysts everything else? Yeah, it's like crazy. When I lived in LA, I sent out one That's resume. That's LA. Yeah. I sent a one resume in LA and everything else was like, oh, yeah. that was the last thing you worked yeah. on. You're good. Come on. Yeah. It's all just like, you know, just what you did before. It's like, it does, they don't even care. Like, we were getting booked at clubs. You never even heard us. They're like, oh, you played that club? Fuck it. You're good. Come on. Yeah. What's the, what's we the, can promote you. It's fine. The, <laughs> saying, the saying out there is you're only as good as your last job. Yeah. That's how. So true. And that's all that matters. In all of the entertainment industry, yes. in all of it, across the board. Because <laughs> I had worked in other parts of it too, but across the board, it's all, it's crazy. It's a great place though. If you get caught in that loop, it's a good place to be. If you don't get caught, I, yeah, I was on not the, good. I was on the tilt a whirl hanging on, <laughs> on the side. Yeah, I was like, when does this fucking thing stop? <laughs> you either live on the hill or you're in the tilt a whirl. It's like one yeah, of the was, two. I was not on the hill. No. I mean I I, I definitely wasn't. Where did you where did you live? I what lived part? in uh North Hollywood and Noho. Studio City. Oh, cool. I lived right by uh Lancashire. All right. Yeah. In, in North Hollywood and then Studio City, I was right. No one knows. Uh, a block over from Laurel. No, I was okay. right off of Laurel. Yeah, I was right off of Laurel That's cool. and um, oh, Moore Park. Nice. And that was yeah, which is a block from Ventura. Yeah. So yeah, I was right in between. <laughs> We're Riverside. boring them right now. Yeah. This is how people in LA talk. It is. It's like I'm I'm Sunset I'm Normandy. I was of, in East Hollywood. I know I was that like, is. Yeah, that was my spot. Wait, Sunset so, Normandy. So wait, Sunset Normandy. There's isn't there a club there uh, on Wednesdays? It's called Club Moscow. Isn't that off of Normandy? That was uh, Club Moscow is Bordner's, which is Bar Sinister, which is that's Cherokee in Hollywood. That's Cherokee. Yes, yes. that was the first club we played that I'm telling you about. I'm gonna, okay, so here's <laughs> that's so, the first one. The, the owner liked us and was like, "I want to book you." She actually just fucking emailed me today. So I was I'm like, gonna, "Yeah, we're not in LA right now." I'm gonna tell you a super duper <laughs> fucked up story. So it was good on Wednesdays. It was Club Moscow. Yes. Okay. So I think it still is. They, but they'd have they had that outdoor part where bands would play. Yeah. And I went there on I forget, I don't I don't remember what day it was it might have been a Wednesday, but I'm standing so when you, you walk down that hallway when you walk in mm-hmm. and then in the back you can the bar's right there and then in the distance is where the band plays in the back yeah. in the back wall there. So I walk in with my friend and I'm looking and I'm like and I love drummers man I'll I'll watch somebody drum, and I'm looking and I'm like man that fucking dude in the back is just like killing his kit like he's playing like Animal from like the Muppets like he's just <laughs> whacking it. And he has this big fucking mohawk. And I couldn't really, like, I couldn't really see him because it, it, it's probably about, like, you know, I don't know, 100 feet away or something. So the guy gets done, and I had enough drinks in me to have, like, liquid courage to go up and be like, hey, man, just loved watching you play. And as I get closer, I, I walk up, and I'm like, Decker? And he goes, Mark? And it was a kid I went to high school with. Wow. Yeah, and I we just ended up, I'm like, holy shit, I haven't seen you in, like, 10 years. That's crazy. But he plays for a rock band now called Stitched Up Heart. Oh, I know Stitched Apart. Oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah, he's the drummer. That's, that's fuck, really? Yeah. Damn. I never played with them, but I know them. That's interesting. Yeah, they played here, and then they went and hung out at my house till like four o'clock in the morning. That's cool. Remember that night? Yeah. Very cool. She's like, (laughs) your house is haunted, and I'm like, let me go to bed. (laughs) That's cool. They're really good, though. Yeah. They're awesome dudes, and and she's she's an incredible Yeah, they just announced a tour in the fall, One-Eyed Doll. Yes. 
Yeah, I saw that. I'll put you guys in connection with you if you want. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Decker's Decker's a great drummer, and he can also talk to you about like particle physics and stuff. Yeah, that's cool. I love I love dudes who like musicians who break the stereotype. They're my they're my favorite. He's got like this huge mohawk, and then we'll talk to you about you know Stephen Hawking. And that's cool. Just like Decker, where do you know all this stuff? He's like, I went to Berkeley. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, that's funny. That's awesome. (laughs) Let me stop interrupting. Go. Well, you were you were talking about the uh, the the new label. Uh, you know, what is the benefit of being on a label? It seems like so many bands now are moving away from the whole label structure or trying to get out of that that label structure. What what are what are the the benefits of being on that? Yeah, it's, that, that's definitely true. And I think the, the what drew us to our label and and the other bands that are on our label too are all very like like I just mentioned One Eyed Doll, who's like a notorious like band for being you know do, DIY and independent. Aren't those is, the ones going on tour, my buddy? Yeah. Yeah, they're they're on their small world, isn't it? Yeah, it it is crazy. But I just said like like they had signed right before us and I was like, Wow, I've been following this band for years. I was like, but our label is very hands off. Like they they are, but they aren't. They're like they're they're really integrating that new like um style like they're not the old style where it's like you got to do this, you got to do that. They kind of just let you do what you were already doing and just help you with that. Which is what drew me to them. I was like, I could do that. I was like that cuz that sounds good because like, I kind of felt like we we're getting to a certain point where we needed that push, like that. We kind, of, I kind of felt plateaued. I'm like, how many fucking web videos could I make? Like, how much more until I just like until it hits the next level? You know what I mean? And I felt that we needed a label to do that. Some bands don't, and I applaud all of them. That's fantastic. But I don't think we are one of those bands. And I and I hope I made the right decision in recognizing that. I think that I did. But you know answer that right now this record came out like two weeks ago sure but yeah you got <laughs> let's see how it goes we, we still have to hit the road we got a tour we got to do everything we have to we'll be promoting this for a long time and i i get that so i can't totally answer that question at this point like accurately right yeah so the the new record's called uh bones and memories yes and uh so when, when did you guys start recording that where, where did you record we record we rented a small we got a check from the label like they were like oh we'll fly you to ohio you know you can record the studio i was like fuck <laughs> oh I, was, I was like fuck that i was like just send us the check i was like we're gonna rent a little room in north hollywood and and we uh I bought the microphones. We sold it all as soon as we were done. I bought the microphones and just self-recorded it in the room. Just, wow. We just wrote the demos, did the drums, did the guitars, did it really quick. We did it in last fall, last November into December. Okay. And then it's just done. So I demoed it, though. Like I, I took the approach of, which I never really did before. And I'm sorry if I'm bore, boring, but this You're is- You're not. <laughs> Spotlight. We, what we always did was kind of like- um, Wrote the songs quickly and then like spent a lot of time recording it. And I just fucking reversed it this time and spent a lot of time writing the songs and then recorded it quickly. So it had that like punk feel, like just fucking turn your guitar up and just play that shit. Like first take. I wanted to record it fast and aggressive. So it had that feel to it. But with songs that were written and thought out so much and like so heavily, I just wanted that contrast. And I think we actually achieved it, which is weird. Because a lot of the reviews coming in like said, like, this kind of sounds punk. And I was like, yeah, thanks. Because we are like, the, <laughs> it's, sonically, we are the farthest thing from like a traditional punk band. And I was like, but that's not true because we're all so influenced by just punk music in general, all genres. But that ethic and that attitude I think when people see us live, they can pick up on that, but not in a recording or, or from a picture. You know, like our image does not look punk rock at all. Right. Yeah. So it's an interesting contrast. 
I he, wanted to bring that side out of us. You, you guys have been very careful about uh, the, the the your image and the way you you present yourselves and stuff like that. How did how did you uh, develop that? How did you decide on that? Uh what I think I remember we talked about this quite a long time ago. Is I never actually decided like, oh, you know, we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that, and you know, we're we're gonna be a a steampunk gothic Victorian crust <laughs> punk band. You know what I mean? I never <laughs> fucking sat down and decided that. It's just like. I always loved fashion and making my own clothes, so I just exaggerated it and just let it, we just let it develop and we just all kept, we're like, let's just make a character, like it's a movie, you know, it, didn't, it doesn't have to be serious, like, because we're not totally serious about it. Like, we played a lot of bands, like, in the genre that we're in, like, bands that, like, want their fans to think that they're, like, actual, like, fucking vampires or some shit, like, they <laughs> fucking live by that shit, but that's not true, but they, like, hold it down, and I'm like, I can't do that, I was like, I want people to tell that, like, I'm not totally serious, like, with, you know, my... Right foot like one foot tall top hat i love it and like that's who i am i mean you can tell right now this is pretty much how i dress on stage too but it's just like <laughs> i never wanted it to seem real serious like i wanted people to be like oh it's cool you know like, what's it like to have a conversation with someone and try to convince them that they're not a vampire <laughs> <laughs> i've never tried you can't do that you can't do i could tell you stories man about bands that we played with and i would never say any names of course but i'm just like give me, holy give me one. fuck we joke about Without it all the time names, within what's... our bands i i can't do it. I you can't, can't do, do one story. I probably could, but I don't know. I don't like to say anything bad. It's I don't so like you're not change bad. the names. It's like this is this is different. This is not what we. <laughs> no, this is no. unexpected. Yeah, there's there's a lot. I don't know. We had, we had a. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess we don't want to tell stories. <laughs> I yeah, tell I, a story, and I'm like, I just how is this gonna? Nah, this isn't gonna end up well. <laughs> you can feel free to change the names to protect the. Innocence. It's not it's necessarily. Okay. I would be saying anything negative. I just don't want. I don't know. I just. I think. I mean, is it, I mean, if you guys. I mean, if you if you come from that point of view where it's like, yeah, take it seriously, but not so seriously yeah. that it that it in, in, you know engrosses you and just becomes. Yeah, I think it did um like not a lot of bands, but some like Tool is a good example of bands who didn't take themselves seriously at all. Like they were really good though, like amazing. And it's just like, but it some weird, band, but they gave the impression that yes. they were taken that they were mm. so serious. But right. then like. At the same time, you're like, what? And it worked for them. I think they're the only band that could have worked for it. I think like, yeah, like Maynard, Maynard would go like up on stage. Like Maynard would have the shows where he'd go on stage. Well, Ron Stein's kind of the, weird. They're weird. He would yeah. turn completely yeah, around. That was yeah, the, the last show at. But um, Maynard wouldn't even face the yes. audience. He turned completely around. It was in the back. Yeah, but then but then you'll see him in like <laughs> YouTube videos with bikini girls, and yeah. he's in like a hot tub. Yeah, playing right? like these weird characters, and you're just like, what is like? Watch Tool, A Perfect Circle, and Pussifer. And they're so polar different. opposite it's from amazing. each other as yeah. far as like identity. Yeah. Pussifer, he comes out like it's like it's like watching hee haw. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he's just he's like dum 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 and you're just like, what? He, even guy? some of their like, you know, deepest, most serious songs will have inside jokes in there and just bizarre messages and you know, like the the clips that, you know, sound super serious, like the guy speaking in German, and then you'd find out, oh, it's a fucking, chocolate chip cookie. It's a recipe, <laughs> yeah. you know, like things yeah, like that where it's, it's just giving that impression, you know. And I, I think I think that yeah, they they have fun with that. I think I think Maynard has fun with the fact that he is the kind of front man that that can go to the grocery store and not get like tackled by fans because a lot of people don't just they they, they might know him to see him on stage but they, they you know in everyday life he's not you know he's not this big star or anything like that he's not somebody that 
uh, you know, people are just uh, hundreds of people are going to recognize right off the bat. Did you see Blood into Wine? That documentary no. he did about because he now makes wine yeah. in Arizona. Oh, he's a huge, really, huge, really interesting. He a huge winery. Yeah, yeah he's but he takes he, he takes wine real serious. <laughs> like he's more serious about that than I think anything else in his life. Yeah, but how about the beginning when they were talking about like when Maynard showed up in Arizona and they're like, and this guy showed up with like these girls in bikinis and like it was real weird. And then he cut to Maynard. Maynard's like, I never did that. <laughs> like, that never happened. And you don't know whether he did or if he didn't. Right. And he's never going to say either way. Oh, sure. I mean, he's he's famous for, you know, fucking with uh, people who interview him all the time. I mean, I think he's had MTV at least two or three times have to pull a retraction on stuff that he's said. And they oh, reported really? as f- absolute fact. And he's like, I can't believe they actually bought that. <laughs> <laughs> and then they had to retract. It's hysterical. So who's so wh- how many guys are in your band? Uh, it's me and three other guys Four. And you guys all live we're all here, from there, everywhere. We all we moved to LA together, and we came back together too. So now we're just kind of free floating. And what, so now, so like the album comes out what two weeks ago? Yeah, the album's been out, and like we're we're touring. We have a tour in September. I think it's the end of September, but we're kind of between like getting agents and like moving from a smaller one to a bigger one. It's like the business side of things that you know it's, well, it's you, rather so soul crushing we but, we uh but necessary so evil. being home is a good is a good place to be when you, that's dur- why we that's why that. we came back here yeah we're like because just just can you, you can, can you, you can give, second can you me on little, this can you can you give a little perspective on the business side? i can absolutely give you but because just, just that's, to, a, that's a thing that i want you to talk about to second yeah. this for me like how frustrating just everyday life is in los angeles yes. like like we had nowhere to park our van where are you gonna park your fucking van when street cleaning comes we had nowhere to put it and we were <laughs> down like in la city too like that's a big deal our our practice spot was 1800 dollars a month we were with four other bands you know what i mean so you had to schedule all the times like crazy i'm just like what the fuck and are you gotta we load doing? in and load out every time yeah yeah yes and we had to use service elevators every time and then the traffic because i played we our first practice spot was in north hollywood then we were in downtown la and we would leave say we practiced from seven to midnight i would be gone from like 5 p.m to like like two two o'clock in the morning see you knew before like that just because of traffic and just the pace and i was like what the fuck so as soon as we did everything that we had to do there i was like we got to get the fuck out of here and everyone agreed you know because it's so expensive too but but it doesn't make sense it uh, yeah you know what I, I mean? You're like, you're like, why am I, I, my, my job, do you know where LA Center Studios is? I have been there many times. Okay. My, I used to live, and I told you where I lived, up by Lancashire. Yeah. It was about 9.7 miles. <laughs> LA, you know how it's far all everything day, is. That's all day trip. Oh, Santa Monica. That's 12.5 miles. Um, it would take, I, if I had work at 7 a.m., I'd have to leave the house at 5.30. Yeah. Just to go through the 101 yeah. and get down to downtown. And then on the That's way back. That's a great shot, too. It's like right yes. there. And, my, and I had another Crazy. job where it was based at LA Center Studios, but I'd have to. So I'd wake up in the morning, I'd go to Santa Monica, I'd pick up all the footage, then I'd go to the lot, which is a, a studio right off of uh, Sunset, and then I'd stay there and we'd make dubs of the DVDs. Then I'd go to LA Center Studios, then I would go down like 12, 13 miles southeast down by like past Compton and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Shooting. Then head back to the studio and then go to Technicolor and that would end my day. And that that trip was 12 hours. Yeah. Every day. Every that's ins- Every yeah, day. Just insane. to pick up shit and drop it off. I know. I know and all I was about it. Like, what and the that fuck was just, is this? Well, exactly. Because being from, are you from Northeast Pennsylvania? Yeah. yeah. So you understand what it's like to like fucking park your car after oh, a 12 hour work day. People and, here are going like 81 traffic's horrible. I'm yeah, like, I'm like, shut yeah. your mouth. I'm like, yeah, real fucking bad guys. But like, 
but that's just perspective, of course. But yeah. like, just and just being a band there was so difficult. It's so difficult. I know, but you're you like uh, like Decker would say, like you know, he's like a lot of these places, like you have to pay to play. Yeah, it's because we we never we got lucky in that sense as far as is playing shows. But like, it's true. It's, it's it's a very difficult place to be a band. But if it if, if, if it works, if it works, it's the it's a fucking great place because you know when you go out and you play a show, not in every city, as do you, you feel like there's opportunity, like oh maybe right. we'll make some fans nice somebody. If you're playing in L.A., like we'd be playing a show and I'd see like famous fucking people from like other bands over drinking at the bar or something, and there's like <laughs> managers there from like you're playing. It's like an industry showcase every time you play your guitar. You know what I mean? So but, if you have any potential, it's gonna w- happen for and, you and, in and L.A. Every, and every show has to be the best show you ever played. Yeah. And, and, then, I, and then, but does that help with nationwide? Like if you wanted to book in like Iowa or if you wanted to go to like Missouri, like if you want to go to like St. Louis and, and, you know, go on a tour. Yeah. They're going to see that you played there and they're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it does help. But the main thing I would say that it helps for is just getting the exposure. Like, I don't think we would have gotten a label and a management if we weren't in Los Angeles, you know, because it shows how, how serious you are too. It's like these four fucking dudes, like quit their jobs and left their hometown. And we're just like, I don't know, let's go play fucking clubs in LA. And they're like, so they're serious. Like they want to do this. So we, we're not afraid to invest our time and money into that because clearly they're like, that's something they want to do for a living. So I think in that sense too, but LA is just a great place to, to, find industry and because it's all there it's still there believe it or not moving into can i move into business please business what's what's the thing that what's good and what's bad about management labels all this stuff like there's like that's just my my mind just exploded i don't even know (laughs) i don't even know don't even know how to answer that question you'd have to like you have to give it to me in baby bits and ask like okay why get a manager why get a manager because a manager can do first of all like there's so like my phone blows up all day and and that's just our manager telling us like what he's been doing you know i mean you can't really like when you get to a certain level you can't you really can't do it yourself so i have to pick and choose my battles right i mean it's like I do our handmade merch store. I make sure I reply to all our comments on YouTube and all right. that shit. And then he has to take care of all the business end stuff. And there's a lot. Like you wouldn't think, like I didn't even think so. Like the logistics of it is actually pretty big. So he does all that. He handles, you know, endorsements, book shows, agents. He deals with the label. You know what I mean? Just tells me like whatever I have to know. But I see everything. So I'm, I'm like CC'd in all the conversations. But it's just, dude, it's fucking crazy, man. It's like my, I'm like, wait, am I, when do I play my guitar? Like scrolling through my phone. I'm like, I'm supposed to be doing that, right? Like, so what, so then what, like, like if you, you just mentioned, um, uh, oh, what the fuck? Oh, what was the word you just said? So there's managers, then there's, uh, who else? Well, booking agents. Booking agents. Yes, so like, what's, what's that? They are people who seriously like they're like the uh, like illuminati of the music industry <laughs> they're the people nobody talks about but they're fucking running this shit they're like that's who puts everyone because like that the, the you can book your own tour but like unless you're just like awesome 
Like, how are you really, how's a band from Scranton going to go to Des Moines, Iowa, book a night at a bar and get people there without like a bit, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's really difficult like to do that. So what booking agents do is like, booking agents are reputable. Like, they have reputations with clubs or whatever all over the country. So that if they're like, hey, I got this band, anywhere's going to take it. They're going to put you on with locals. They're going to put you on with a bigger band that's touring through there just because of that person's reputation. Sure. So... And and that's what a booking agent essentially does is they're just like well I mean they, of course they take twenty percent too but <laughs> but that's fair it's it's fair like you know what I mean like because if they get you an opportunity that you couldn't get yourself then I mean so what so I keep you ask no go ahead finish your thought <laughs> I'm I, all right so then going to a label what does the label do because there's there's this there's this pre, there's this preconceived notion amongst especially around this area where um, well, maybe, maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe it's just what people think is that labels are like, you know, what capital was in like the 60s and the no, 70s. And no. labels now, you know, because from talking to Corey Wolf and having him on here, he's like, man, they're just promotion and marketing, man. Yeah. That's all the label does. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, I love our label. They're actually really good. But like the idea that like that I even had this idea, like it's two or three years ago, like, okay, we're going to sign to a label and like, there it is. You know what I mean? Like, no, fuck no. That's just the start of it. Like, it's like you go through all the like trouble of being a band getting started to like, okay, one day we're going to get signed. But being signed is that's when the party, that's when it starts. Like, that's when the the (laughs) fucking work starts. Like, it's not like, oh, thank God. Like it used to be, it was that way at a time, but now it's not. It's like, now you're like really starting to work and it gets harder. I thought it would get easier. It doesn't get easier. It's does crazy. That, does that interfere with being creative? Absolutely. I, I think 110% that it does because I think with the social media and the way that artists now like talent is totally in the backseat within the past like 20 years. Like someone could be a mediocre musician, but really good at social networking and they'll be famous. And then someone who's really talented and can't fucking sign into Facebook. <laughs> they're, it's, and it's a shame, but that's really the way that it is. And especially now with all the social media and all the fan interaction. Action, it's like when the fuck do I play my guitar? I was like, I got to be on Instagram replying. I, I got to be. It's like when the fuck do I play my guitar? And it's really difficult to find that balance. I'm sh- I'm, I mean, I'm also sure that I that you've heard of bands that like got signed because of how many Twitter followers. They yeah, had. yeah. You know, like that's yeah. the model now, which is yeah. a fucking shame. Frightening too, because you can just buy those numbers now for the most part. Yeah, and yeah, but can't they vet those? Yeah, they do. They see they right through it. Yeah, yeah. they all because because all the big labels got in trouble. Like Universal and Warner Brothers, remember the YouTube thing? Yeah, yeah. Where they were like, "You bought three billion views, we're taking yeah. them away from you." They, uh, yeah, all, all the labels and stuff could see right through it. Like anyone who goes, like, you could just look at follower count to comments and likes. You know what I mean? You can't really disguise it. You have a hundred thousand hits. You have a hundred thousand views and two comments. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> it's fucking. You, and I see it on YouTube, but not with like you know it's other different stuff. But I'm just like that doesn't add up. But they could see right through it really really quick. And it's just, you're right, though. It is crazy. Bands do get signed off, like, social media presence and everything. And, like, it just really changed the game of, like, like and you, you got to wonder about the music that's coming out. Be, like, how many great bands am I not hearing because they don't know how to use Instagram? It pisses me off. <laughs> it really does. I've met so many super talented fucking people playing on the street. And, like, 
I'm like, wow, you're awesome. And then I met so many not super talented people playing packed fucking clubs. And I'm just like, what the fuck? I'm like, because they really, they have a lot of viewers on Vine. It's just, yeah. I mean, it, music is hard to describe because there's so many different dynamics. There's talent. And then there's people who just like have a presence that people are drawn to. And the music doesn't even have to be good. And it just, people are drawn to that person. That yes. to yeah. There's so many different dynamics of what makes a band catch on, I think, and what doesn't. But I think talent is like fucking not even in the ballpark anymore. So you think it's a very small percentile now of 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 quote unquote fame? Yeah, I, like, I do. Like I do. I, I think I think the bands like, and this is just saying within maybe the past five years, a lot of people. There's a lot of very talented acts, but like you could seriously like hand pick them almost. Like it's just really about who has the presence and the marketing sense as opposed to. Just it's like it's like who's better at fooling people into thinking you're talented instead of being <laughs> fuck. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's I don't know. Absolutely brilliant. It's that's really what it's come down to. And I'm like, I'm almost ashamed to be a part of it. I'm just like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> I, I I bring up the buying stuff because I remember reading an article last year where um it, it, no no label is fooled by it, but uh, media is is quickly fooled by it because media doesn't really fact check anymore. They don't pay attention to that yeah. kind of stuff. So. They don't. No, I, I I could say that from someone who's been in the industry for a long time. Yes, uh, it's it, they 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 don't they don't uh, check up on those things. It was a, a a singer in Philly last year who bought a bunch of likes on Facebook, and he made the cover of a local uh, uh like weekly paper down there, and the other paper took them to task for it because they're like, we did our re- the research for you. We figured out this guy's a no one. He's a talentless hack. Like we went to see his show and there were two people there. Like you're full of shit. Like, why did you give this guy the cover when there's X amount of other, you know, great talented musicians out there and that sort of thing. (coughs) It just, the mic, I'm sorry. (laughs) It just goes to show, you know? Yeah. It's especially in this, you know, in this area, I think there's so much fucking talent. Yeah. It's insane. It's fucking crazy how much like good bands and good talent is in this area. But like the rest of the world is not paying attention to Northeast Pennsylvania. And that sucks. It really does. Like you have to like find a like we use the Internet to break out. You know what I mean? Like you have to work so much harder being from here. Like you have to really be like you're not going to get lucky here. Like you have to work really hard. Like, it's just, it's all, it's just it's, disappointing. Yeah, there's there's a crazy amount of talent here. It's like unbelievable uh, uh, across all disciplines of, of all, art, all of it. music, all and, arts. Yeah. I think there's something about this area and just the 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 socioeconomic vibe of it that's fucking fantastic for the arts, and it just breeds good artists. Yeah, I really if everything feel that was way. going well. Everybody yeah, you just like you get fucking winter nine months a year. And there's <laughs> potholes. People are just like fuck my life, and they go and make good art, <laughs> and it's crazy. I mean, there's a lot of known bands from this area too, like. Kind of for it not being a large city. There's a lot of like bands on the national level of like from this area, which is which is pretty interesting too. But I don't think there's enough. I really well, if you don't. think you know like the, the Menzingers. Yeah, like if yeah. you like I fucking I, love the Menzingers. But if you ask anybody, most people around here, unless they're musicians. Yeah, like, yeah, they honestly they don't, don't know. know who the well, Menzingers are. They're yeah. one of those bands, even like like Title Fight being from Kingston, are very popular, right. fucking international. But like, they're a certain kind of like. You know, they have their own, like, in a certain level of music community, everybody knows. But, like, my mom doesn't know who either of them are. You know what I mean? My mom, and then you got Breaking Benjamin, who's like, fucking, what are they, like, number one in the world right now or something? Like, yeah, they just had the number one album. Huge, like, internet, they're from Wilkes Bear. It's like crazy. It's, yep. 
And I know there's a bunch of other bands. I can't Motionless and White. They're like uh-huh. touring with Slipknot right now. They're from Pittston. Like I do you know what I mean? Like right. it's crazy. But if, but if you go if you go around and you're like, hey, do you know who Motionless and White is? People are like who? Not a lot of people know who they are. It's, yeah. it's interesting. Like, it's weird. But, I mean, you, but they are definitely like a known national international act. They like are. Yeah. big deal. Tom Tom photographs bands all the time. Like he mm-hmm. goes to the shows and like, yeah. you know, the ones at the Sherman, the the pavilion, you know, the arena. The arena, like how many of those bands that are local that you're like, man, nobody knows about these guys yeah. and it's a shame. Um, like I love Motionless and White. They're great guys. Yeah. I've been friends with them for a super long time. It's cool. Um, but I love they, everything. But they also, they work so hard. Yeah. It's cra- you could you could just tell. Like okay. I, I've known that from the beginning. Like I've always known it. But even now you're just like, they fucking toured nonstop. They have mm-hmm. not stopped. Like just, I'm like, they deserve every little well, thing Crowbot. Oh, Crowbot. Crowbot's out yeah. there like crushing it well, right they're, now. They're, yep. Another fantastic band. And they're so cool. Yeah, and they're like, from uh, what uh, Lehigh Valley area, like maybe yeah, down more towards that way. From Reading, I think. Reading, yeah. That one show we went to at like where it was like not. We went to we went to go a random was, show at like a bowling alley. Yes, <laughs> the whole we, the we walked hotel. in. They started. The dude started singing. They and, opened and they were oh. grateful. Yeah. There was like two other. There was like three or four other bands was, like, after Grace's them. And somebody else. It, yeah, Grace's like set up the show. Mm-hmm. In Crowbot, like I went, like I love Grace's, like I, I've, but I've seen him a thousand times. I yeah. wanted to go see Crowbot. I've yeah. never seen Crowbot. Pe- people before. said they're great, so I'm like, okay, let's go. We went, and I, I mean, mean, and they, these guys just draw, jaw dropping, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And then they're like, thank you. And there was like two people, like, <laughs> that's, uh, that's the name of the game. And I'm like, it's and crazy. I'm around going like, did anyone just see what just happened? Yeah. And then we went over. They were nicest guys, mm-hmm. you know, real humble. Like that's humility. Is, he bought a sweatshirt. Yeah. I bought a sweatshirt that fit. <laughs> Humility does asshole. go far. And I think that it's a big, big deal now for like, because of social networking, again, it's a big deal for management, agents, and labels. That just they don't you can't be a pompous ass. They don't want Axl Rose anymore. It's crazy, but like, <laughs> if like he came out now, people would be like, fuck that guy. Like, before Appetite for Struction even Who's came that, out. Riff Raff? One of the great, oh. Yeah. People are just like, oh. not into it, like that attitude. So I think like, like, if you seem like the kind of person who's humble and aren't going to say anything like stupid on social networks, like people are much more inclined, like, like I said, on the business aspect, because it's great. That easy. matters. Yeah, like, oh, nobody... fuck it. People shoot themselves in the foot and with one tweet. You know what I mean? Just done. Done for. Whole yeah, career. Kiss your career goodbye. Gone. So anyone who even has like the potential <laughs> to do that is like immediately shied away from from the beginning. It's crazy. And you, you've got to have a thick skin as an artist too because yeah. you got to play to those empty rooms and get that one guy yeah. clapping for you and everybody else is, you know, drinking or ignoring you or whatever yeah. to, to get those shows where... You know, yeah. everybody's screaming your name. LA's, and everybody's LA's, packed. LA is a different you, thing, yeah. though. It seems like people pay attention. Yeah, to LA. Yeah. I give LA yeah. so much credit that I was so impressed with their like music scene and that people and I, people and, are there and to see your people, show. They're people not there to have a drink. yes, and that was one of the few cities I've ever Big been difference. to. I was like, yes, people are fucking here to see a show, and like they're just they're like, okay, I'm going out tonight. I want to go see live music. I was like, this still happens somewhere in the world. I was like, thank <laughs> fucking god. I, was, I couldn't believe it, and because LA is a huge social city, because that's how you progress in LA. Yeah. It's just going out, meeting people. So it's always crowded. Like everywhere is always good, and that's why clubs are much more choosier about their bands because they want good entertainment every night, which is why I said we were very lucky. to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is why I said we were very lucky, but it's true. I I was so happy to see that they still have that traditional music scene that like I only read about and fucking in the books from like the 80s. (laughs) You go there and people, you know, I went to a, oh, it's the worst experience of my life. (laughs) I went to a listening party. I never. It's like, oh, hey, we're going to, you know, 
we're, we're debuting our album and we're just, having a listening party. And <laughs> they we, just and play you, it though, right? You play it and whoever's there shuts the fuck up. Yeah. So you're listening to a CD, drinking your beer, not allowed to talk to the person next to you. <laughs> That's weird. And I'm like this and I'm like whispering. I'm like, is this what it's supposed to be like? And you're like, yeah. and they're like, yes, it's a listening party. You need to shut up. <laughs> And I'm like, I can do this at home. Yeah. Like, why am I here? Yeah, just give me the CD. I'll walk out. Yeah, I'll go. I'll put it in my disc, man. We'll be good. I'll walk down, you <laughs> know, funny. La Brea. We'll be fine. <laughs> but yeah, it was weird. They're like, don't. Because I said, I was like, I was like, ha, ha, ha. And like the whole crowd did like that creaking turn towards me. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I guess I got to shut up. But they're there to it's it's one of the it's one of the few places I've ever seen that and maybe New Orleans. Yeah. New Orleans New Orleans definitely heavy metal and like just traditional jazz. But I think heavy metal and like punk is kind of their big where I I don't know, personally I've I've played in New Orleans a few times, but I think LA still has every genre. Yeah. Like they have clubs for every genre. New York New York's different. I don't know. I, I never lived there. We played there so many times, but I don't get the same vibe from anywhere else did i get from la of like completely like present and satisfied yeah, it's like music it's like, scene. it's like it's like it, they're really strange you know because you know I, we've all been to new york i i don't know if I've, I've been to la but it's very it's almost like la seemed like a bigger like a like a really big pitston <laughs> you know what i mean and new oh, york really seems pitston. like fucking new york yeah it's like never, nobody wants to see you and it's just it's miserable true it's and, true you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you know, LA is very just like you know, you're standing outside having a smoke, and it's not. It's I think it's the congestion. I think it, the, the less. That's why I never moved to New York because I'm like, there's too many people in too uh-huh. small of a space. Yeah. And it was like it's like trying to you know smuggle immigrants. It's like why are we? <laughs> yeah. There's too many people on the boat. We're never gonna enjoy it. In LA, should I not have said that? Is that like <laughs> I saw it on the news today? I don't know why. That's why I reference shit. Which news show? CNN. No, well then it's okay. They're having a huge immigration problem over in Europe right now. Just to let you know, we didn't know that. With what immigrants? They're leaving because of ISIS. It's crazy. We're not going to get into that. But oh. I'm just letting you know. It's going to get CNN, political real quick. If you want to look, if you want to, I stop. Rich won't let me do anything. <laughs> That's good. Anything that has to do with like religion, sex, if it's, politics. If it's on the news, it's probably true. <laughs> it's more. It's more true than a, you know. Um, it's not not that I won't let you. It's just that we'll go off on it. We'll never go back. Yeah, it's like it's like the black. It's like Disney's black hole. We'll never yeah. get it. Max. Uh, so. I had so much coffee today. Um, yeah, but going back to LA, like LA was very like, like even outside, like Burbank. Burbank, yeah. I, I thought Burbank was like Clark Summit or, or you know. Yeah, like, I like Burbank. I liked it too. It was great. Yeah. It was clean. It had nice cinemas. Yeah. It was, you know, they had neighborhoods. Like LA has neighborhoods and New York doesn't have neighborhoods. No. They're vertical neighborhoods. A lot of, na- <laughs> a lot of neighbors. LA was just great like that. Like it was, it was like this, it was way more familial than than I think New York could be. And that's why I think, you know, I kind yeah, of felt comfy there. I tried I tried for two years to find a Scranton-esque bar. No, it's impossible. I found, My girlfriend, I found really? Two. Really? In LA? Wow. Yes. I've never seen a house bar in California. You know, they have that house bars here. I told, yeah. I, I had a friend in my apartment building from I didn't LA. Find that. I didn't he was find from that. California. And I was like, yeah, they have house bars in Northeast Pennsylvania. He's like, what the fuck is a house bar? I'm like, it looks like a house and it has a sketchy sign outside. It usually yeah. says like JC's or something. And you just go in, you're literally in a living room. He's like, that's and amazing. And objective. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. And I'm like, and it's like $2 to get drunk. I was like, you know, cities are so expensive. Uh, first time I'm in LA, I said to my buddies, I said, hey, I'm buying. <laughs> That's fun. Right? I bought 
five fucking drinks. Yeah. The bartender comes back. They're like ninety five dollars. Yeah. So I was like, what? Yeah. Jeez. I blew my, I blew all my money for the night in that one moment. And then you know and the, I was, yeah, I was that, an alcoholic. And then you move home. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this that's, is how, that's what happens to everyone else. I can't so drink. I, I can't drink here. No, no, you <laughs> can drink. This? Then you bring. I brought my friends from LA here, and they're like, all right, like real, like hesitant. All right, I'll get the first round. Yeah, yeah. Like, buy five drinks. And they're like four ninety five. Here's a twenty to give you fifteen bucks back. Yeah, here's a. I gave. They're breaking out hundreds. <laughs> the guy's like, I, I need like a ten. We don't have <laughs> hundreds. Right. we don't have hundreds here. It's funny. So what's so what's next for you? Like what's what's the future? What's the, what, the what's future? Going on? Well, we shot a, a music video, and that's going to be out soon. We got to do some more. So the future is to just tour. Like we have to just tour. Like on this record, like the end of this year into next year. I mean, it's unforeseeable. Of course, next year isn't booked yet. But we're working on it all now. And that really is the future is to just really take everything to the road and just like hit it nonstop. Because we were in L.A., we didn't tour for that year and a half. And that really hurt us in a way because tour history, when your tour history slacks, agents aren't as likely to, you know, work with you for right. obvious reasons. It's like going for a job interview and you didn't work in two years. You're like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? Like, we were in California. We couldn't move. I mean, being in California is cool too, but it's just like... But you were just gigging out there. We need, Yeah, we were playing a lot, but we need to expand now just like nationally and just keep doing it. Like not just one and then take, like just keep doing it. Do you have, a, do you have a schedule for like the fall? Yeah, we do. I have. It's on my phone. I don't know. It's the first run we're doing is really short. I think it's only like two weeks. It's just and like then, northeast, and then we're gonna just keep going out. Like we're gonna do short runs, like every month and a half. Just keep going and going to hopefully we get something big. Like we're trying to get on with um, trying to get another band to take us out too because we need that kick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we know a lot of bands. We played with a lot of bands, but we just need someone to take us out for like a month, two months. I mean, so we're gonna be doing our own short runs, like playing with locals, like we're playing with like like Hawthorne Heights and stuff in in around Ohio, like different, just different like um, small tours, just because we really need to reestablish ourselves again as a touring band, because it's been a, it's been a long time since we've toured fully nationally. It's been four years, which is which is not good. So we're we're like totally in the green on every level except touring, which is so, and it's like the main reason we came back here is because this is a very inexpensive place to be when you just have to be on the road. It's like, why are we going to stay in LA and pay that when we're not even going to be here? You know? Yeah, so the we, rent, the rental, the band rehearsal was eighteen hundred yeah. a month. Can you imagine what the apartment is? Oh. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. We were paying. I think we were paying five grand a month. Yeah, for our place. Insane. Yeah, five people, a thousand bucks a month, not oh. including bills. Oh. And that was just to stay. That was just to like have a bed. That's awful. And a shower and a poo poo pot. Yeah, so you could see how. It's much easier from here because we could focus so much more. Yeah, well, okay, well also, here. like, it gives you, like, a little bit of time to just, like, you know, take a breath. Yeah. It's a, it has been. Well, we, we've been pretty busy since we've been been back. But Is there any is there any possibilities of going overseas or? Yeah, we're trying to get a, a European booking agent because we get messages every day. We actually have, like, a good, better majority of our fan base is actually in Europe because we have that older, That's like... Insane. 80s style like gothic like we're very influenced by early 80s like uh, like the cure bands yeah. like that it's like the early dark wave it's like the electronic feel and they fucking love that shit in europe too like a lot still so like we have to get there you know what i mean it's just so hard like a european tour like that shit costs money you know what i mean even to just to get there you know yeah. so it's just the logistics of it all we're gonna we're doing small runs saving up money and then 
I'd and love then, to see you guys play a festival over there somewhere. It'd be fun. I'd those, love those it. Big giant metal festivals with like <laughs> seventy thousand people. Yeah. The, well, a metal festival wouldn't like us very much, but it would still be it would still be fun it's to play any in Europe. Fucking festival. Yeah. Who cares? We're in a field with speakers. Yeah, I'd love to play in Europe, and it's not to. a Voca <laughs> <laughs> or Berwick. Berwick ain't that bad. Man. The Blues Fest is, is pretty cool. I like yeah. that. The Briggs Farm. Remember you that? took me to that. I did. Yeah, that was fun. Clarence complained because he did a Mountain Dew. Uh, Clarence Beatty played. He was superb. He's always good. Yeah, and the and the some other dude I can't remember his name. I'm not played. a church goer. I don't know. Did you ever watch Clarence? Oh Do you yeah, know Clarence Beatty. Mm-hmm. He's like going to church, man. The man. <laughs> that guy plays, and you're just like, I'm in another place, and I don't even like that type of music. Oh, I do. I dig it. I don't. No, you don't like blues. You know what? I, I really don't know what I like anymore. Because two days ago, I bought Dre's Compton. <laughs> and then I bought I bought the Chronic because now it's back on iTunes. Wait, and then I bought Doggy Style you like in a in a stretch. Like you didn't have seconds. you didn't have them already. Not on my iTunes, man. I bought the albums like years ago. So where so where are the albums? I don't know. So oh CDs. God! You yeah, don't you CDs? don't rip everything you buy? No, I'm not like you. Oh, I do. I rip <laughs> every CD order. I buy. You're that guy. Yeah, because I'm horrible with CDs. They all like, oh, look at the CD, and I'll like. Take a bite out of it and then it'll it'll skip and it's useless. Because you, you were <laughs> hungry. Just, yeah. just don't ask. Because you wanted to. I'll, I'll have a CD and take a bite out of no, it. No, I'll throw like my I'll, th- I'll throw it in my bag and then I'll forget <laughs> I didn't put it in a case and it's just nah. All right. Anything else before I I, I drive this Titanic into the iceberg? Well, let's uh, let's plug the uh, shows that we have coming up. Uh, sat- Saturday, August fifteenth. Uh, Sunday, August sixteenth. At the other side. Yes. Yeah. And, oh, uh, is that the one next to uh, next to Bart Nerby's? Bart Nerby's. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You're playing down there. Yeah, we're playing the the fifteenth. Two days in a row. Yeah, because the fifteenth is the twenty one plus, and then the uh, Sunday the sixteenth is an all ages show. You got to do that. You can't. You can't play bars that are twenty one. You're never gonna keep your fans if you keep doing twenty one and over. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you already know that. I'm just reiterating. Yeah, it's. I mean, is it tough? Is it tough going out there being like, "Hey, we're doing a twenty-one and over show," and you know, a lot of your fans. Yeah, yeah, can't go. Yeah, and it's it's very very interesting because people who are twenty-one plus come to your show and buy booze. People who are twenty-one and under come to your show and buy t-shirts. You know what I mean? So it's like it's a very <laughs> interesting like dynamic because all ages shows, even from a business perspective, are just like much more. Profitable isn't the right word because it sounds so stupid, but it's usually, it's just a better, it's more about the music because they're not there to get drunk. They came, people came to see you to discover. Revenue is is a byproduct of the good time. Yeah. yeah, Yes. Yes. And usually at 21 plus shows, a lot of people by the age of 21 are really established in what they like in music. So it's hard to win over an audience who's over 21, a lot harder than a younger person is like, I don't fucking know what I like. I'm into anything, whatever. I remember when I was 16, I could see a band like this is fantastic. Like, so they're more open minded, too. And you could just you could actually feel it when you play how much more open minded and under 21 crowd is just like willing to. Is there any rumors of like a all ages venue? In the in the in the ethos, uh, there's a lot of rumors of more and more of dying. Yes, but not, not is necessarily. It? Uh, it's crazy. Not necessarily coming back. That's They're not the sure. easiest thing to run. I mean, in in anywhere, let alone like locally, like they they struggle pretty hard. So your 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 under twenty one shows would probably like. Do you start early, like? Do you start earlier in the night? Yeah, they're usually over by eleven. They usually like. This, I, I'm, are you seeing patterns here? I'm seeing patterns. Yeah, and what do you, what do you, what do you, venues aren't doing it. Well, I'm 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 like 
sitting on information that I know, but I can't release publicly because. Can it's you tell all us the after the podcast? Oh, on. I can definitely tell you afterwards. <laughs> I can't. I can't say on the show, but like more. Like there's. I'll, I'll just say there's. There's definitely just more hits coming for the local scene. Wait, it's like just, negative? Yeah, in terms of venues, you know, it's oh. just it's 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 getting tougher and tougher to to run these things and to to keep it going because like people don't come out you know they talk they talk a big game and they talk uh, you know that they they want to see these things but they they don't put their money where their mouth is a lot of times where do they go this is, <laughs> how do this you, is an interesting interesting concept because i think locally northeast pennsylvania is a very interesting dynamic like in terms of music and the number one thing i think of that i think a lot of people overlook is how economically fucked like northeast like a lot of people don't have a lot of money to go out no, and see sure. and that's a huge huge deal so people are very choosy like about what they actually do yeah and like that's one of the biggest problems like first of all in my opinion like with the areas like it's just it's a poor like economic like people love to get fucked up like that's gonna happen all the time <laughs> but in terms of like all ages and everything like and it's so hard to to find a like a formula that'll work within that like I don't know I think especially it's a- in this area it's like it's like a different planet here yeah it, and it, it seems is. like everybody wants someone else to foot the bill for whatever it is. I, like, like, I, like I, if it's music, they want to go to the bar, they'll pay for their drinks because they know they have to pay for the drinks. But they don't want to pay to get in. But they don't want to pay to get in. They don't want to. Ha- they yeah. don't want to pay. Uh, you know, money to listen to the music. They don't want to pay the musicians for merchandise to keep them going so that they can continue to play music. Yeah. Like there, there's all these people that have to get paid, but no one wants to pay them. Yeah. I mean, going back to your dirty word of capitalism. <laughs> and revenue it is a dirty word indeed <laughs> um you know the the unfortunate thing is you know when, when you talk about like hey people want to go out and as you said they still want to get fucked up which is what what they want to do because yeah. it's depressed the only thing to do here to make you give you a little bit of joy yeah is to have a little bit of that that beer buzz and be like this is the, this is the greatest night of my i am a golden god <laughs> is to have those moments Splash. because because yeah. you know what man like you know when i was drinking i always said <laughs> you know the only the only problem i have is that i'm drinking yeah. Everything else went away. It was awesome. I had so much fun drinking. Like, those, that's those, what I those were the good old days. Those were the good old days. I but, always, but but go, you know, like I said, the dirty word. You know, the bar has to make money, and yeah. they're going to make money off of alcohol, and they're not going to they're not going to make it off. You know, like eighteen year old kid ain't going to show up and be like, "I'd like the pizza and the hot wings, please." Yeah. And in, in the the case that you're giving, you know. Uh, that's not a, that's not enough to keep everything going. Like just going out and getting messed up, your problems are still there in the morning. You yeah. know, no, 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 no. I always, oh, yeah. I always yeah. realize they're, that they're totally there and they're not going away. But while you're and drunk, going to get worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're not there. That's all that matters. I, I wasn't implying anything like no. that either. Yeah, the next I was morning, just talking about and that and that metaphor speaking. goes extends beyond that into city government, county government, and everything else around here too. It's, you it's know, true. a lot of the issues that we have around here, they yeah. they're still there. And I don't want to. And I don't want to. And I don't want to come off as like shitting on it i don't sure you know it, i just i just think okay so it's supply, but i think it's, I, I think it's supply and demand yeah right? i think there's an abundance of talent here and i think there's a, an abundance of entertaining performers um i just don't know if if the if the people if the powers that be see the demand right and i don't know if they're because it's a gamble, they don't know. Like, if somebody's going to open up a venue or or do something where they can offer opportunities for like twenty one and under, I don't know if they're. Most people are like, yeah. that's a headache. Yeah, you know. So I don't know, and and also I don't know. It's not going to make you a millionaire. Well, everybody wants some somebody else to do it. 
You know, it's it's like everyone sees the demand for it, for but it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, you know, I'm I'm sure I'm sure that guy will do it, so then I don't have to do it. See, the thing I think about music scenes though too, and especially an all ages scene, is that there isn't going to be a demand for it. It's something that's created. You have to like make it happen. You know what I mean? That just to to I have a music scene and this is uh, why I admire you so much Rich for doing this is like in this area like a lot a lot of areas don't have a journalist like you covering local arts and entertainment which is very that's a that's awesome and I commend you for that I mean the guy oh, messaged you. you like a week ago and yeah. I was just like that's fucking awesome because spotlight's you, on you brother but, <laughs> it probably should be once in a while but that's that's <laughs> true is like is that what you're doing too is just like really helping the whole picture of creating a scene and I think that the scene it would need to create itself before it can sustain itself monetarily. It's like, right. It's kind of like you, you could throw money into a dark hole or you could make something mm-hmm. and then throw the money on top of it. It's, so it's, it's very, it seems, it, you know what it seems to me? I don't know why this just struck me. Did you ever see Chappie? <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Okay. I, I really want not, to. It might not be the best point of reference, but in other words, they, they create a robot that has AI. No, you're, you're speaking my language. Robots, okay. AI, Robot, yes. AI, right. But, but at the very beginning of Chappie, Chappie doesn't know what a noun is, what a verb is. He's totally capable of being a self-sufficient, functioning entity. But I think the thing is, is like nobody knows how to teach around here. Like, here's what we got to do. Like, we have to, you know, this, you know, the, the group needs to come together and say, okay, band A, B, and C are going to take care of the social media stuff. Like, we're going to handle that band D, E, and F are going to make sure we get venues and make sure we have relationships with people who, you know, if they're going to create it, they have to start coming together. It's like an alliance. It's like fighting World War yeah. Three. It's and so hard to organize. I know it is. It's like yeah. herding it cats, man. And, and you know, I, I think it's it's very difficult to get people excited about something that they're not aware of yet. Yeah. You know, like they, they need to be, you know, it's like the bands we were talking about. They need to be legitimized in the national eye before they come back here. And then we recognize, oh, okay, yeah, they're big now. You know, like Breaking Ben. Yeah, yeah it's like playing em- go to see them. Playing empty clubs here. And then, you know, w- then they're, they're, they're going multi-platinum across the country. And then we're finally like, oh, yeah, I guess we should go see these guys. And then they're filling <laughs> the arena you yeah. know like there's there's a there's a big difference there and and i th- i think uh you see the same thing where you know like it's it's tough for a website like mine where i'm f- you know my main focus while we do cover stuff like duran duran or or you know the flaming Don't lips duran and stuff duran, man. very very cool that we have that stuff you know within driving distance or within our area uh but we, you know our main focus is the local artists and it's hard to get people as excited about those and that bothers me a lot because uh, I always kind of had that that thing like I always liked discovering new stuff and new yeah. music and being that first person to to you know and not in that that hipster way where I'm going to brag about it but in the, I want to share it with other people <laughs> and say like look at look at what I found look at how cool this is you know like that kind of thing and uh, not a lot of people have that that sense of of like wonder and imagination about this stuff they want something to be you know uh, nationally or uh, you know worldly recognized before they will give it. A chance and it like like you see the people will will pack uh you know montage or something like that for uh, whatever country band of the week that they have there uh you know on their the the country tour you know the, the 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 ticket that you can get for the whole summer but it's like uh you know there's so many 
there's country bands literally right here. There's bluegrass bands right here that are actually playing like legitimate country, not like pop yeah. country shit. And yeah, like it, it, they it, are not getting recognized. They are no one, no one, you know. Because it's faux, because it's faux country. Who just played up there? Luke Bryan or? Luke, Luke Bryan yeah. played and there were 17,000 yeah. people there. Yes. It that's was just like, huge. what? That, See, that's the that's thing though on that level. like sold out. It's ridiculous. There's 17,000 people there. I bet you 50 fucking like Luke Bryan or whatever his name is. Like, <laughs> right. it's a party. It's, it's a, a party. social event. Yes. It's not, it's just country. You know, people probably put on their camo for the day that they don't wear any other day of the year. It's yeah. a social event. Uh, the the Daisy Dukes and the yeah uh, cowboy hat like that's that drugstore cowboy congratulations you just wore a cowboy hat for one. one day out of the year I used to yeah. wear it every it's, day because those those bands those big they're brands they're just selling an idea and social image do you have any do you have Not any advice for yeah any, any I, I, I would like to yeah do you, do you know the only thing that I think. Am I, Did, am I asking the question that you want to? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. If, with the with the like the local music scene that I think is like that falls on the bands because a lot of it, it's hard to decipher where exactly any problem comes from. But I think a lot of bands in the area overplay their own market, and I and I I that's think that's a really interesting point because even when we were in Wilkes Barre, we played two to three shows a year. Period. We wanted people to be excited, entertained. Like, what are they doing? Because I see bands that I'm personally friends with from this area will play three, four, five shows a month. And like, that's, and as a band, you're, you're so excited. You wrote these songs. You're like, fuck it. I just want to play. I just want to get out there. I know that feeling. I've done it too. But at a certain point, it's absolutely counterproductive for not only your own band, but for the music scene in which you're playing in. Because why is someone going to get excited to see you? They could see you next week. They saw you the week before. Oh my God. This band's playing with that no. band. There's so many bands in this area. I could, I'm, I would never say any names. I'm friends with a lot of bands, and, but I don't disagree with them for doing it. I really don't. But from a standpoint of trying to support your music scene, I think the best thing you could do is play less. And that's the worst thing I could say is to actually play less in your own music scene and make your shows more of an event that people want to come. Like, like my mom's going to come. We haven't played in Wilkes-Barre in two years, but like my mom used to come to our shows. That's how little we played in Wilkes-Barre. She wasn't like, oh, you're just fucking going on the street and playing again. She's like, oh, I want to come because this is like an event. Cause, and then it's more profitable for everyone. The band, the people have a better time. There's more people there. It's more profitable well, for also the venue. You, you have like three, four months of energy to yeah, get on stage. I mean, yeah, we were always playing shows in other cities, like leaving yeah, I mean, I was and stuff, ask which you is that, like, super important too. We'd go away. Yeah, we'd go away a lot. But locally, like, see, I can see bands who don't really get to travel wanting to play a lot. And I don't blame them, but I really think that overplaying is, is a big deal. I noticed it in, how, in how, our area. Because in LA, we had to sign a contract for every show we played that we would not play three to four weeks from that show in Los Angeles City. So we were playing once a month in LA. Your city. Yeah. It's a 40 mile radius. This is LA County. This is the valley. Everything. Wait, you, you, you we, could, we were able to play in Long Beach. We could go to Orange County if we wanted to, but we could not play. If you're contractually bound, I signed contracts saying that I would not play within three to four. And this is a city of so 18 you, fucking million people. This so is, wait, if you want, if you were going to play the Viper Room, the Viper Room would say, look, you know, we'll book you, but you can't play anywhere. Yeah. Well, I, I have to month. sign the contract right on book. I, have to, I had to go to the venues and sign the contract. They all did it. And you had three weeks before and after. So we lined up our shows. We're like, you know, they're one after another. Like once a month is the most you can play because they're like, we're not going to let you oversaturate the market because like, so the, you're not going to so play that much. It's going to take away from our show. Someone's going to be like, oh, I can go see him in two weeks there. Or I can go see him in three nights there. The venues if, are helping you. Yeah. The venues do that there by blocking 
There was no bands, like unless you're really under the radar and you're not getting paid to, like if the venues are paying you, you're signing a contract says you're not playing like within a month. You know what I mean? Like I did it, every show we played, I did it in the city. You had to sign it, you had every every show. Every show, they would not play within three weeks before or after. And some of them were four weeks. Holy shit. And this is in city, like Los Angeles. 18 million. huge. And there's hundreds of thousands of people every night going out to fucking spend their money at some bar in the whole city. And and I think that was a lesson that I, I knew that before I moved there, but I was actually happy that they did that because like that is probably what holds that music scene together is the oversaturation just isn't there. That's incredible. Yeah. So you have that month of, of building excitement or whatever from the So bands. that was a good question. Yes. And, and you, you guys are, are great at internet marketing. Do you have any advice in, in those terms for you know local bands or anybody like that? Uh, oof. This is, I don't even it, know if it's if it's marketing what you do. It's just it's just it, it's interaction. De- it's, it's definitely marketing, but it is it's marketing through interaction. Like it's it is that's exactly what it is. We just interact with you, but that in itself it does market you, and we just keep doing new stuff. But my only advice would be is like it's hard to give advice because I'm so down with the people who just like play their instruments. Like fuck it, we're a band. Like fuck the internet, I don't care. But like <laughs> you do really have to like I play my band on their computer more than I actually play music. Like there was times, especially going through the process of being signed and everything where my day was like, I was in an office. You know what I mean? This wasn't like, I wasn't playing my guitar. You know, it's like, you have to learn to separate the two. But in terms of marketing, I think a lot of like local bands market themselves locally. And I think that's a big mistake. I think you like, it's like, I'll go to friends I have. They're like, oh, you know, we're, we're from NEPA. Like no one really knows who that is outside of NEPA. Like you could, you could know from here, but like, just always market yourself globally. Like no matter, even if you're only playing locally, just market globally. Just, right. just why not? You know what I mean? Just real quick. How did you do it? How? Like, how how did you tap into outside of here? Uh, First of all, through what I I would do is just straight up, I'd go on Tumblr, which is a social network site, and I would do the thing with the pictures, just crazy pictures and our videos, and I would just share them. I would go to like... um, like fan pages, like you fucking, uh, there was a fan page on uh, Facebook called like, you know, like Gothic culture. I think it's called it's hundreds of thousands of followers. They'd be like, here, here's our picture. Like, look, I'm dressed up. It's fucking yeah. crazy. And then I, they'd put a link to our music, you know, and 500,000 people. And back when Facebook like really hit it hard, cause now they really censor and you can only so many people see like posts. And we took a huge hit from that. But back then it was like, you'd get a lot of hits from that and people sharing it. And over enough time, like you can really reach a mass audience. I mean, does that have to do? Uh, that's just that's just being strategic. That's playing chess. Yes, it is. It's a strategy. Yeah, it's a lot of strategy. It's a lot of work. So it's just. I, about, I'm just imagining you put in like a 40, 50 hour week, not even playing an instrument, just yeah, trying to. Yeah. Like, cause that's how. That's like the pain the, in the ass. It the is. minimum of it. Yeah, 40, 50 hours. I still do it. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, not, and that's not even touching your instrument. And then I record all our music. It's self-recorded. I write it all. We did, like, Do you mix and master your mix own music? Mix and master everything, yeah. Holy I didn't master shit. our last record because I felt like I couldn't master it. I was like, I mixed this for too long. I'm too close to it. So we sent it out to be mastered. But I mastered the two before it. Were you happy with what you got when somebody else mastered it? Uh, no. I think anyone who mixes their own music isn't going to be happy with anything that happens to it after well, that. Well, what's, what's the old saying? You either run out of time or money? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I feel like I'm just dragging on now. But no, yeah, I did no, mix, mix and master it. 
and it's fun. I hey, don't know. just just so you know, there's a <clears throat> recording studio here. I know. I just found that out. It's <laughs> fantastic. I actually, I actually knew about this place before, yeah. but I'd, I'd never actually been here, so it's very cool. Well, we'd be happy to have you. I would be happy to be here. Just even if you want to hang right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just just be like, hey. And then that's it. And you just kind (laughs) of sit. Hey, guys. You just sit. (laughs) leave. Up here in Scranton. Scranton's Wilkes-Barre's big brother who went to college. That's the way I look at it. (laughs) Wilkes-Barre's like the the little brother who like never figured it out. Like kept drinking and stuff. Scranton's the brother who went to college and comes back on like Thanksgiving. He's like still sitting in mom's basement. Like. (laughs) <laughs> it, it's got it together a little bit more, but it's still, still I Scranton. I have never heard that analogy. That's the way before. I feel about it. That's the way I do. Because being from Wilkes-Barre, I mean, in LA, people were just like, oh, Wilkes-Barre, like, what the fuck is Wilkes-Barre? Like, Scranton? And if they didn't get Scranton, I would just be like, oh, it's by New York. But and then people would be like, Scranton, the, <laughs> the office. office. Yeah. So yeah. I would have to talk about Scranton because no one knew where Wilkes-Barre was. I'm like, no, oh, they're not the same thing at all, but <laughs> <laughs> they're really close to each other. So uh, do you want to move on to last word, brother? Sure. We don't want to take up all your time. Thank you we feel for having me. Ignorant. I appreciate no, it. No, you can participate. We'll, we're oh. allowing it. Cool. I don't know. What, I don't. <laughs> we don't leave we don't, me out. So weekly, we don't know what Rich is going to bring up. So yeah. you can have an opinion about every. I'd actually like Tom to talk if he can. Are you capable? Excuse me. Do it. Do the. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's now my new ringtone. <laughs> we recorded that. I dare you. I'm going to do it. Every time my phone, it's like, every time you text me, it's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Well, that's Tom. Oh. <laughs> All right. So what's, 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 what's uh goat in your goat? Oh, no, it's, it's, week? it's positive this week. Yes. <laughs> Which I, I love when it's positive. I love positivity. Yeah. Um, but negativity okay. is more fun to talk about. Yes. <laughs> uh, NEPA Pride Fest is coming up on August 15th. It is, it is, it is Saturday. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is in Pittston this year. Uh, it was in Wilkes-Barre previously. Why'd they move it? I don't know. I, I actually read about this, why they moved it. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? The weekend or, yeah. I think Pittston is the only city in uh, like the county or northeast Pennsylvania that has like um, protection laws for mm. like like lesbian, gay, transgender. They're the only city, I guess, that has it. On, it was in, Wait, seriously? Yeah, I'm dead serious. They're the only ones they that have like any type of like... You know, laws saying I forget the exact word for it, and I sound really like stupid right now. No, you but don't. But it's the that's why they moved there because it was the only city that like um, has laws on the books in support. So it's kind of a crime. show of support back too. Yeah. Oh. So they're like, we're going to move it the, there, and you know, we give them the. You no, know, that's that's just surprising. I don't remember if it was last year or the year before. Um, I covered it every year, um, and it's it's so much fun. But oh, sure. every year I go, there are tons of protesters and very very rude people as you're walking you into serious? Curry Park. I mean I, I like just me walking in there. I used to think people I getting we bombarded bombarded by like signs and and derogatory remarks and it's like the Westboro people? Ex- uh, yeah. I mean is it mean? Yeah, it's not it's not polite. It's not like you guys go have fun. It's like bad things. <laughs> That's that's such bullshit. Yeah, the fir- the first year I saw it I was blown away. I was Do like, you like be on and protest the protesters Saturday? <laughs> sure. Oh, well, it's a Saturday. I think it's Saturday, right? Peach Fest this weekend, isn't it? It is. Apropos. Oh well then. <laughs> I don't Pe- know why. Peach Fest will will be uh, good times. We should. Are you there's gonna- a lot going on <laughs> this weekend. This yeah. weekend, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Wow. You can right, come so hang out with me. Where are you gonna yeah. be? <laughs> I'm playing. Why'd you say yeah. it's so creepy? I'm playing two shows. You say you're playing a Peach Fest? Yeah. Wait, yeah. you're playing Saturday? Yeah. Saturday. Friday and Saturday. Saturday and Sunday. Saturday and so Sunday. So Sunday is the all ages show. Yeah. Uh, what time? What time is that at seven? 
Yeah, seven to like eleven. Seven. Or 10. Seven. We're playing at like. Nine I'd like or to 10. do the Sunday one if I could. Let's I don't want to go see a bunch of. You know, like I, I quit. Actually, I'm five years sober today. Congratulations. Today. Yes. No, I don't. I don't want anybody. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I did it on my own. Uh. <laughs> I just can I tell you, dude. I feel like we cut him off from his last word. But I do it all the time. Okay. He hates my guts for it. Um, the the best way to stay sober is to be around drunk people. Yeah, I've, I've heard. Way. I've heard that. <laughs> I'm actually. Like, oh, I don't. I don't, I don't drink. Sorry. And like, when you go out to a bar and you're like around drunk people, you're just like, whoa. I have no reason to start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm glad. I'm glad actually that you brought up the the protesters, Tom, because um, there's you know there's it, like like if you go on any any uh, you know the local news stations and things like that, they cover this stuff every single year. And, you know, you go through the the trolling comments and there's people who are like, yeah, great, you know, that's wonderful. And there's people who are trashing them and saying, oh, they're awful and they're sinners and they're this and that and whatever. But it's it's cool because like NEPA scenes in this this interesting spot right now where uh, we've got a great like dedicated cult following and they're all kind of like-minded people for the most part. So uh, we're all in that level where we post stuff like this every week, like uh, our, our columnist, uh, you know, D, who writes uh, Living Your Truth every week, um, it's always nothing but positive comments. We haven't gotten anything negative from it yet. There's nobody saying like, oh, you're disgusting or you're this and that or you're a sinner, or, you're going to hell, none of That's that awesome. kind of stuff. Yet, because at some point, you know, at, at, you know, hopefully as any PA scene continues to grow, we reach broader audiences, things like that. That's just going to be a part of that is you're going to get those people who are just going to, oh, why are you publishing this? And oh, this is terrible and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that, might, that might mean you've made it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I always say that. Absolutely. Yeah. When people start hating, you kind of yeah. you made it. I would, yeah. Continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's, no, that's true. It but is. It is. It's. It definitely. So when is. you start getting negative feedback, that's when you know you're hitting people who don't. You know, <laughs> oh, we've we've gotten some, but not nearly as like the level. Because I mean, yeah, I used yeah. to work in newspapers, and and it was just constant. It yeah, was yeah. every day, all I'm the sure, time. I'm sure. You know, and and this it's it's been a little more insulated, where you know we've reached the people that we've wanted to reach so far. And those people have been really supportive and cool. And like, uh, you know, th- this week the column was uh, on uh, Dee's experience last year at Pride Fest where she didn't really feel totally fit in yet, you know, like because she was still uh, transitioning at that point and she wasn't sure, uh, you know, too much about herself. So she wasn't too proud of, of who she was. So therefore it was very hard to, you know, show that pride on the outside. But now she feels that, She's going to be able to to do that this year, and that it's going to be better for her. I uh, hope so. Yeah, and it's just it's it's called why I'm proud to be transgender, and uh, you know we have a comment from uh, from Jason, who uh, is you know just a a, a a reader of ours, straight ally, who said you know I'm I'm proud that I'm trying to be the best person I can be, so that I can give my nieces a positive role model, and I'm proud that this column is helping me do that. And it's so nice oh, that's because feel good, man. the the column is about you know her her struggle with being transgender. Now Jason obviously doesn't go through that, but he still identifies with it in some way or another. You know he still sees that you know there that we all have a commonality. You know that you don't have to be going through the exact same thing. Well, that's why when you get the crazy people who who are so myopic, yes, about where it's like you know trust me if you rip the flesh off of all of us. Right. We kind of look the same. Exactly. <laughs> There's really no difference. Yeah, we're going in the same yeah. box in the ground at the yeah. end of the day. Uh, muscles and fat look exactly the same on everyone, <laughs> even though Tom and I have more oh, muscles. You had to go there. <laughs> Tom, we have huge muscles. We are, oh. we are muscular. 
Men. Burly, burly yeah. men. There's barely room for me to breathe because there's just so there's much so much muscle. If you actually saw what, what Rich looks like on the couch sitting next to me right now, he's in the little tiny corner and I'm just sprawled out. Yeah. <laughs> Rich looks like binary. <laughs> he looks like a one, Tom and I look like zeros. He's on the armrests. I think that's I think that's awesome. I I think it's I think it's uh I think bigotry is shitty. It is. Just in case no one else didn't agree with <laughs> yeah. that. I think bigotry well, is shitty. A, a, a lot of bigots, I don't think, realize that they're bigots or they don't yeah. want to admit that they are. See, no, yeah. I, was, I was thinking. I, think I was reactionary. Thinking, yeah. There's a, there's, a, there's a compadre of ours who, you know, it, who does Facebook comments or posts. <laughs> And I don't know if you've been seeing me lately. Every time he posts something, he, I post stir, a stirring, stirring the pot. The pot. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, which is my nice way of saying stop doing that. Yeah. Um, but you know, and I and I've had many conversations with this individual, just going like, stop it. You know, like we're not as self-important as we think we are. And you know, it. I was in the shower. Usually, all the best thinking is in the in the bathroom for some reason. <laughs> and I was in the shower, and I was like, you know what? Freedom of speech is a right, and everyone is afforded that opportunity to do that. Yep. There's freedom of reaction too. Yes. You know what I mean? And none of them are, are, you know, separated from each other. So if you're, if you, if you're going to throw stuff out there and you know, it's going to start a conversation, you're willingly picking a fight. <laughs> right. In essence, that's what you're doing. And I, and I don't agree with that because I think it's negative. Yeah. Well, there's, there's not much purpose to it. No, I posted a socialism thing today and I, I was already getting shit for it. <laughs> and it was just like it was just somebody going like if you think America doesn't have socialism in some of its dynamics you're incorrect and then somebody's like hit me back going like well it seems the other side doesn't understand what socialism is either and I'm like oh man uh, here we go here right we, and I was just like I just let it go usually yeah. when people write shitty things I like it <laughs> <laughs> just, just to confuse the shit just out just to be like wait I don't understand <laughs> you know so if I did some pro gay thing which i do often because i think everybody's you know it's the constitution all all men are created equal yeah we're all equal <laughs> but apparently the bible supersedes the, the constitution, constitution which it shouldn't but anyways pride fest saturday yes Woo! and and uh you know I, and you know I'm from the media about this stuff man i'm sorry hey from the media perspective i'm totally socially progressive you know, like we're we're committed to continuing this type of coverage. Like it seems like uh, a lot of media, it seems like once a year, we'll talk about this during Pride Fest, and then the rest of the year, Nothing. those those issues are kind of forgotten or they're, they're pushed aside. Like as if those people go away somewhere, like they go on vacation and then they come back to Northeast PA once a year. You know, well, to and play it's, devil's advocate for a second, we only talk about the Super Bowl once a year. <laughs> yeah, but we don't. No, we don't, football is talking but we, about. Here, but we talk right? about yeah, football true. all that year does, round. That's true. That's true. We talk about bad fo- example. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I had. A, I, I had. A, I had a calculated error. <laughs> and it's and it's fine because of course you know you want to you 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 want to support events like this and you want to talk about it. But you know those those people do you know go through daily struggles. They do have you know uh, things things going on that they're still fighting for. You know it's it's not over just because. Uh, you know, gay marriage is is legal. I mean, hell, the, the people are still having trouble even doing that and getting married because I watch there's the videos. They're horrible. Yeah, there's areas where they're they're denying them the the paperwork Illegally. just because they want to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so you know, there there's there's plenty more to to talk about, and uh, so you know, we're we're committed to, to covering that. You know, you're. So round. what's the schedule for Pride Fest Saturday? Can we get your columnist on? 
Oh, um, she, uh, she's actually going to be covering it for us. Uh, so we'll have we'll have a lot of coverage could of Pride that, Fest. She'll be doing some interviews and stuff like that. Week? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. See if we she's can interested. talk. Yeah, I'll talk. To I'd her. love to talk about that. Sure. Especially coming from you know, I'm kind of an ignoramus on some stuff. Yeah. And I don't want to come off like a dick, but I just want to be like, <laughs> explain to me. Especially with you know now now that like again you know transgender issues are are in the media right now because of Caitlyn Jenner. Once that kind of fades away and starts to calm down, you're seeing and you're already seeing much much less talk of that and coverage of that, and it's just going to fade away into obscurity again. So you know we're uh, it's great that we have a columnist who who comes from that perspective who can not only talk about that but you know just LGBT issues in general because she's very well read. Like educated. Yes. Okay. <laughs> just like educated on these particular issues. Right. Well, I mean, you, you can't. You know, it's like you can't talk to somebody about really talk to somebody about like World War Two unless they were at World War Two. You know, right. like, it's like she's, you know, <laughs> she's got all the fears and the biases and the you know the misunderstandings, and she can look at it from you know getting crap. And and even and just from a shitty. like a like like last week it was more of a funny perspective of just learning how to dance like a woman, you know, like this, it, you know showing up for dance lessons and, and you know being I want somebody to teach me how to dance like a man. <laughs> I know, right? Like, I don't know. you know, wasn't really that too. <laughs> wasn't really confident in her dancing to begin with. So you know, imagine having to go through that now. You know, like yeah, Tom, Tom and I don't know how to dance like men. So well, they say two left feet. No, you and I are both submissive. <laughs> We're just like, I'll hold your hand. You tell me where to go. Wait, no, I'm leading. <laughs> oh, wait, that's how it goes. Um, that it? Yeah. So uh, thank you so much. Thank no, you, Dennis. Thank you, guys. I Absolutely. appreciate it. Hey, will you come back and talk about the tour? I will. And then I want to know. I want. I want some. I want to know some more cool shit. Yeah. Then as soon as we're done, I'm gonna go listen to your music because I'm really curious. Oh, I hope you. You, you might. You probably won't like it, but I hope you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not for everybody. Well, like a lot of people, this, like this guy really knows me. <laughs> Wait, what is, so it's one of those bands it. that, like, as soon as I start singing, you're either like, "Oh, I like this," or you're like, "Fuck this dude!" Like, it's, it's why, one of the, why do you? Think I don't that? know. Yeah, I mean, you'll have to listen to it. Apparently, that is the truth. Like, all the reviews came back of our record, and people what they say people always send our first. We got generally very positive reviews, which is which is actually pretty cool. And I think a lot of people are comparing it to a lot of like older bands, which I like, which I'm very influenced by, like kind of like how a lot of in industrial bands now, like like a lot of bands now are influenced by, you know, Marilyn Manson stuff. We're, we're influenced by the same people he was, you know, so we're going, mode. yes, all the way back to the beginning. And I think we have a lot of older fans because of it, like older, like 40s, because it reminds them of when they were kids in high school. It's, it's very it called like the new wave. Yeah. shit, Like all that. Yeah, it was I like the shit. Smiths and yeah, all of them. I, Depeche Mode's still one of my favorite bands. Yeah, they're good. I love those guys. I just wanted to let yeah, you I'm, know. And I'm, I'm proud to say I'm a diehard Cure fan. Oh, I think they're fantastic. Very, very cool. Yeah, they're probably so, my number two favorite band. Good. Do you want to know? Real quick before we end, do you want to know a really good band? You yeah. got to look them up. Go they, on. They're kind of like. Hmm. It's like if the if the Cure and like all those bands like evolved the band a band called Archive. I've oh. never heard of. Them. They're real good. Yes. Okay. They're real. I'll have good. to look that up. I think up. you'd like them. Yeah. I think you'd really like them. It does sound like something. Like, kind of like Tesseract, but a little different. I don't know. I don't know what Tesseract is. Oh. I, it's, I know it's the weapon from the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. That's, they're, that's about it. Yeah, look them up. They're very, very good. Tesseract's awesome. All right, Tom, did you have fun? No. Will you come on again and talk about photography? Sure, I'd love to. Okay, good. I don't really know much, but I'll talk. Hey, Tom took some photos of us today. Can you put them up? 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. That's how easy it works, Tom. You ask your friends for stuff. Yeah, we just do it. And they just do it. (laughs) No no corporate bullshit. Nope. I'm a a fan. Yeah, and you got got your photo. Dennis got his photo taken. Yeah, you did. Yeah. And we need one of Rich, too. We need one of Rich. It was film film. It was awesome. All right. It's been like 20 years. Has anyone took a picture with film? Did you see your picture yet? I didn't see it yet. They're out there. Oh, we should go look. All right. Thank you so much for all your time, man. Thank you, guys. I appreciate appreciate it. it. Rich, I still think you're a handsome devil. Oh, thank you. Tom, you, me, Thunderdome. Later. Oh.